How about now? Yeah, there's Aerith. All, All right. right. How's it going, Aerith? It's going, going well. Summit went well. Long, cold, Arctic hellhole, but, you know, other than that. <laughs> All right, well, listen, use your colorful language. There's a lot of people that actually are interested in EVE uh, that don't know that much about it. I was wondering if you can contextualize how this game is played. Well, I guess I contextualize it in, in the kind of frame of reference of this. This is just one small piece of one prong of a three-prong plan that we, we've been executing now for about three months. Um, you know, we have motivations for this fight that are not obvious. We're not going to get into them just because of operational security, uh, things that we have to keep secret. But when you wage warfare in EVE, it's not like I'm going to go and fight this one guy and that's all I'm going to do. Like, it's going to be an economic warfare. It's going to be a diplomatic warfare. It's going to be military that you're seeing here on the screen. Um, and these kind of fights don't happen very often. Like this is actually the largest fight that's ever happened because the, the amount of chess pieces you have to move to get to this point is months or perhaps years of work. So we've been building this for what, 18 months now? Um, and I think everyone knew that we had this force uh, prepared, but we had to flex the muscle for people to see it, right? And that's just another move on the chessboard to kind of reveal um, some people's players. Like Pro God is pretty fucked after this. Like. Um, yeah, there's not going to be an invasion in the north, but uh, I definitely think that he should worry now because, yeah. Oh, are you going to invade test? I I think they've made some maneuvers that is very, very bad for them, um, and they're going to have to scramble and walk them back real quick. When you say we, Arath, which group do you refer to? Because a lot of people don't don't know who, you know, who you're talking about. Oh, I represent about. goons. Yeah, so Arath that is... Would be, that would be the blue... The blue squares that you see on the screen. Yeah, Aerith is from the, the Imperium, uh, and the Imperium are blue on the screen. You're right. Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, yeah, we are the aggressors in this fight, yes. Uh, and they actually reside in the South, so we've been calling them the South all, all day long. Uh, but uh, Aerith is one of the leaders of that group. Uh, he's just said that there is no interest in invading the North, even if they destroy this Keepstar. Uh, but they're pretty angry at Progod, who, well, he was on this show... Uh, live with us talking uh, was interviewed uh, by the Canadian television company or uh, system to basically talk about EVE Online. And the reason he was is because he wrote an article that was really skating towards the Imperium and very insulting. Uh, but that article got him over a million hits on uh, Reddit. Uh, and that's what got him um, the publicity that he Yeah, had. like... Progod's an attention whore. He always has been. And he has nothing to do with this fight, but he wants to try to glory hound on it. But the mistake he made was they violated an agreement they had by dropping a Fortizard catch. Now, we know why they dropped it. And he's hoping that we somehow lose our super capital fleet or enough of it in this fight that maybe the North invades us and he dogpiles from the East. But he showed his hand and he dropped that fort. And the second he dropped that fort, now we have Cassus Belli to come steamroll your shit. And we clearly have enough stuff to do it. So there's going to be some backpedaling. They put a keep star and catch recently. A fort. So they have a keep star and catch. Yeah, but that's not the the the, the fort is what violated the agreement. Um, we have a, a basically a DMZ kind of agreement for catch, and they violated it. So now all of a so sudden diplomatic agreements are all. So the fort is in an area that you had agreed with him previously that they weren't going to put any sort of fortifications in yeah it's clearly a pre-staging area for an invasion so it's like oh hold on let me finish punching this guy 
and then it's your ass. Well, uh, it looks like it's going to get interesting because it's not just a north-south fight. We're talking about. So you think uh, possibly the sport is a staging to invade uh, Delve? Yeah, like it, it was only going to be used probably if we somehow lost like this fight in some horrific way, and we were the victims of a BTEC car, which was probably never going to happen. It was never really in the cards, but. He's not that bright, so he probably couldn't read those tea leaves very well. Uh, is there an alternate explanation for that, or is that is is this an assumption, or do you have more evidence that you're not revealing? Yeah, could there be an alternate reason? Yeah. Uh, not really, no. All right, well, we'll leave uh, Pro God to uh, fend for his uh, test alliance uh, later on. Uh, so what's the... Uh, What's the overall goal up here in the north, though? Do you guys really want to take this thing down? Uh, and if you had, before Pro God showed his hand, uh, would you guys have marched north? No, like we've, I've said, like to, at the CSM, um, like I think before the first even reinforcement, and I think we've said publicly, it's not an invasion. Like this was never an invasion. But but the north has to spin that narrative to make their guys show up, and that's understandable. That's that's part of Eve. You gotta you got you gotta have propaganda to, to rally your troops. Yeah, so would you say morale is pretty high for this? Um, I think so on both sides. I think both sides wanted a big fight. I mean, essentially, we've all been care-bearing now for a year or more. Like, we didn't have a lot going on. Uh, I think both sides wanted some content. And I know CCP did. Yeah. So the uh, so you got this fight, and uh, win or lose, is there going to be, like, a second a second act for it? Uh, I, it depends. Like, I don't think we've made that determination just because a lot of the events that transpired have transpired in the last 48 to 72 hours. Um, I would have said yes to that question probably a week ago. Uh, I'm not sure I would say yes now based on, again, the test stuff and all that. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, you've come back from the, uh, CSM summit, uh, which is where the players, some of the elected player representatives go up and talk to CS, um, to CCP. Uh, how did that meeting go? Uh, I think it went mostly positive. Um, there's definitely some things I think I'd said this, uh, four months ago or whatever. There's some things we're concerned about. Uh, but I think that CCP recognized the things we're concerned about. Uh, there may be some communications issues within CCP, but I think that everyone generally has their heart in the right place and is looking to do the right thing for Eve. So um, overall, okay. Uh, the drama that happened at the summit was not with CCP or even about CCP or Eve. The drama actually was a lot of personal stuff that happened. Like this was the weirdest summit ever, uh, probably in the history of CSMs. Uh, I mean, it had nothing to do with Eve. So, but we can't go into that. I don't want to like out people's, but it was very interesting. Mm. Well, uh, our Imperium stream of 9,000 so far uh, is hit the front page of um, Kotaku. That's pretty cool. Great for Eve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eve has been hitting a lot of interesting places in the past 24 hours. Well, yeah, we're keeping... Sorry, go ahead. I said, yeah, it's definitely been hitting a lot of places, especially with that uh, nice head title of a million-dollar battle. I was just looking at the, I was at the office early today. I was just looking at the statistics from Google Trends just to see what, like, what the search behavior has been like over the past 24 hours and notice a massive uptick, like over, I'd say it looked like 
seven or eight times as much searches for EVE Online just as that post was published. And then it sort of went back down to about uh, twice as much or two and a half times as much as it usually is. So it's like obviously directly generated a lot more interest for EVE. Great. Uh, well, we're happy to have Vili back after an hour and a half break or so. He is uh, an FC for test and uh, he's been an FC for a long time, including for the Imperium and Goons. Uh, he's been in these big fights many times over. Very experienced guy. And he's walking us through some of the stuff that's happening inside the uh, combat zone. Thanks for coming back, Vili. Uh, good to be back. Uh, sorry, I had to go do some work stuff there. Um, just trying to get a handle on what's going on right now. looks like uh, the battle's kind of progressing, I guess. It's still repairing. So that's uh, definitely uh, positive for the Imperium. Uh, it'll take me a few minutes here to kind of evaluate what's uh, going on. It looks like the fighter blob is at least doing a significant amount of damage. And uh, if I'm seeing this right, uh, the carrier blob is mostly still in its position. And uh, I don't know, the battleship and uh, super carrier blob of uh, Panfan forces is uh, kind of set up here as well. Cool. Well, go ahead and get yourself uh, situated. We know you just came back. For those new to EVE, like, what I was trying to explain this to, I guess, one of the CCPers the other day is, this is sort of like medieval warfare where you have, like, trebuchets and catapults. Like, imagine the carriers and supercarriers sitting on one side. They're catapulting their fighters over the, the keep and doing damage, and vice versa for the hostiles, right? And then you have little subcaps, infantrymen waging war kind of around the keep star. Uh, but it's, there's a lot of analogs to kind of medieval warfare in EVE. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. Um, this is an all-day thing, uh, everyone. So we have uh, to break away back and forth, and I just had to go get a package from the front door. So where do we leave off? Uh, Aerith, you were just saying? I was just comparing Eve to Medieval Warfare, um, and Billy just got back. So, And it's not repairing Billy, it's dying. The repair time has been paused for a while. But yeah, well, that, that that is roughly the same thing, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you... Uh, I've known Billy a long time, so I'm going to bust his ball. Yeah, he's yeah, a good I, guy. Um, so Correct. from what I see, the uh, what happened to the uh, majority of the PanFam fighters? I don't really see them uh, set up all that well defensively anymore. Where is uh... that's a, that's something we were just noticing actually not too long ago is where uh, a lot of the fighters fighter blobs have been kind of spread out. We see a lot more on the left side now uh, instead of versus the uh, Imperium fighters, which has kind of been a weird shift uh, that we've just noticed in the last maybe 15, 20 minutes. Uh, as well as the fighter or the um, battleship blob that's on the left side fighting, uh, looks like it's near drones and still fighting off the uh, Macario fleet from the Imperial forces. So, are NC dot uh, Titans on grid with this Keepstar still? Are they? Have they? Yeah, they they've jumped in a sizable. I don't know the numbers, but there's quite a few Titans and Supers sitting right on top of the Keepstar there. Very yeah. dangerous. Yeah, that that's de like. Um... My expectation is that you know they're, if they're willing to uh, force the issue and send the waves of carriers that they're going to need to do uh, into the space security blob, uh, they will be eventually able to kill the uh, Keepstar, uh, especially if they're willing to feed the bodies, which uh, I, I imagine they definitely are. Um, it would definitely be a dangerous scenario to be sitting on that Keepstar at zero when it dies, if it dies, um, as time goes on. I imagine, uh, looking at local, it's only at 4,130. When I left, it was at 5,600. Uh, where have those 1,500 people gone? They just gave up? Or... Well, no, no, no. A, a lot of disconnects. disconnects yeah, a lot of disconnects bad. have happened. Okay, so that's definitely uh, 
not a good factor for either side, I assume. And there was a, yeah, an incident this, earlier this, where the uh, uh, definitely struggling. There was a, a, I guess, an incident earlier where the point, uh, the point defense system turned on and killed uh, a very large portion of um, smaller subcaps from uh, Panfam. Goons invading test. What? What? What did I miss now? That fort you guys drop. You know what's up. Yeah, the, the fort uh, we the had fort. Uh, permission to drop. No. No. Okay. Uh, real quick, insert so here. So you're staging to uh, to invade In, Delve. Um, insert. Hold on that topic, oh, yeah. please. Okay. Hold on that topic. Hold on that topic. I just want to insert that uh, we have word uh, from Asher Elias that the uh, point defense system, which is a defense system for the structure itself, was accidentally turned on and it nuked a lot of Horde's own griffins. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, links, I linked one of the kill modes. Like, they turned it on and just blapped everything because most of the stuff's going to be out of range. I think my heart just grew a little bit whenever they gra whenever they blapped the Griffins. Death to the ECM. <laughs> I remember, I remember Griffins are annoying. Like, if you're in one of these fights, like people don't understand how tie dye works, it's time dilation. So it takes a lot longer to do actions. That's the only way the server can handle five thousand people fighting, right? So imagine ten times longer to do something, like ten times as many seconds. Well, if someone breaks your lock and you have to relock something. You're just basically sitting there doing nothing while you're waiting for this huge timer to relock and re-engage something. So they're the most cancerous thing in a fight like this, and they're super annoying. So you got to kill them. On the other hand, it, it, I think it goes to show that even players who haven't played this game for a billion years can get into one of these fights and actually make a huge difference, which should be encouraging. For a, new, a lot of new players coming in, they have a look at something like this and they see some of the ships that are on field and just think that I'm, like, I'm not even going to be close to one of these things. But Obviously, like you can, right? You, you can get involved. You can have an effect on a fight, like even this size. All right, we'll get back to Aerith and Vili in a second. Also, wanted to uh, add that the uh, it sounds like a lot of people in uh, Horde are angry, uh, and the leaders are saying uh, the Keepstar is defending itself. Get out of the way. Uh, uh, we do have reports that 73 percent is what the Keepstar is down to now. So it's actually yeah. progressing a lot faster now. It seems like. Yeah, if right. it's down to seventy three percent, that's definitely. Uh... A uh, interesting sign, to say the least, uh, for the uh, attackers and defenders. Uh, that well, means they've made a quarter of the progress they need to. And, uh, yeah. Certainly right, the... Uh, let me just say, the, let's uh, give the floor to uh, Vili and Aerith, uh, and you guys talking about the what's going on here and anything else you want. Well, if, if they made the first 73%, um, the next 73... Or the first 27%, I guess. The next 73% is... Uh, it's more difficult, obviously, because at this point you've incurred some losses. But it—I don't know if they—if they point defense to a large chunk of their own fighters or what's going on. But like when I look at the field, uh, there's just a significantly larger amount of blue fighters than there is of orange. And if uh, that continues to be the trend here, uh, the North has definitely put themselves in a dangerous position. Because at this point, like having been, you know, engaged in an air superiority battle, uh, fighters versus fighters for the last. Um, what would be, I guess, two hours. Uh, if, you know, PanFan forces are not making at least a little progress, it feels like they need to make some sort of play uh, in terms of escalating to something different or changing some strategy. Because it, it certainly feels like they should be making at least some level of progress in terms of uh, winning the air superiority battle. 
And by the way, Q-U is the one we agreed to. You dropped our deck. Yeah, no, we had our deck approved too. I told Diplos to get to it, and I was totally with Green. Hey, I'm talking to Corpse Diplo right now. They're like, nope. Whatever. You know how it goes. I mean, you know how we think. You were us. You know. Not really, but. Oh, are you saying you aren't on the outside even when you're in? Well, no, I'm saying that when I, when I was on the inside, I made just as many calls as on the outside. I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. That's I'll like uh, that's like Steve Perry saying he was never part of Journey. Oh no, I I made the old CFC partly what it was. I'm not gonna. Yeah, downplay that. But do you disagree? Um, dude, you were gone as much as you were around, though. I mean, I get it. Real life takes precedence always. Like, I agree with that. But ah, uh, I mean, you definitely had a big part to play. But made us. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a different cool. beast now than it was then. It seemed more militaristic uh, when Billy was around. It seems well, more I mean, economic now. This- this this fight is, you know, a demonstration perhaps of Goon Goon Swarm and the Imperium back to uh, its aggressive form, right? They've had a, a long period of, uh, you know, economic build-up and uh, recovery from being evicted to the north. And this, to me, is like the first sign of a return to, to form of the old uh, CFC Imperium, whatever we want to call it. Well, we're, we're, we have a lot of cobwebs, to be very clear. Like, we haven't... We used to do multi-fleets really, really well back in the day. You know, Overwatch and Command and Control was really, really good. But we were pretty rusty. So this is kind of the first, you know, series of multi-fleet coordination that we've had to do in a long time. So we've got to shake the cobwebs off. Yeah, just to be clear here, I'm not saying I was the only person involved in that. But, you know, the old three legs of the chair, myself, uh, Mr. V, and Lazarus, you know, that was, you know, the the team that uh, basically carried the old CFC through basically all of the, the real hurdles that occurred from 2010 to 2015. Oh, I'd agree. You were third best for sure. Oh, thanks. So rude. That, that was definitely, uh, you know, in my outside perspective, the, those, uh, that period was probably the pinnacle, wasn't it, I think. Uh, but we're definitely seeing a return to form, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. This is, uh, this is an interesting uh, battle for sure, and I, I'm, I'm really... Uh, I believe it's probably Asher that made the call for this, eh? To to really hard. Well, yeah. This isn't this is a soft commit, not a hard commit, but it, it's a it's a pretty strong play. I was actually under the impression that you guys weren't going to be able to get those fighters up, but the, the Jackdaws coming down to do their repair uh, to pause their repair until the fighters could get up uh, worked well. So uh, kudos for that. Um, it seems yeah, like I'm for the moment here. it's a winning battle uh, for the Imperium, but uh, it's it's really hard to say because uh, I, I'm not quite exactly sure how things are yeah, going to work I'm hearing really that they're um, they're having trouble launching fighters so may, maybe the PDS took out some of the superior fighters perhaps they're having trouble you know the northern forces having trouble launching uh, replacements uh, I'm hearing from a few guys that are in supers that are saying they can't launch their fighters at the moment All right. I mean there's for, for those that haven't really experienced you before let me try to break down the mechanics of this fight. There's pretty much only two ways this fight would have went. Either kind of long-range titans with reps that were just out of range. Or, you know, catapults, which is where you send these fighters across the field. That was probably the only two ways this fight shook out unless somebody did something crazy. Like when they did the, the 4 next sign-out. If more people had taken that sign-out, this could have been a bloodbath. 
Um, fortunately for us, that that didn't occur. But because of the way the Eve mechanics works, especially at this scale, uh, you, the trebuchet-type catapult uh, attack was probably the most effective, which is what you're seeing here. Can you describe what that uh, is, the trebuchet catapult attack? So you, what you do is you anchor some uh, strong point around the, the target you're going to attack. So in our case, we have a couple four desires or whatever that we park ourselves on. So we come in, we sign into the system, uh, we park on our hard point. Uh, so they don't want to take the fight on our hard point, and we don't want to take the fight on their hard point, which is the keep you're seeing on the screen. Uh, so what you do is you basically each sit on your little hard point and you shell each other. That's essentially what's happening. These fighters fly across the field and take a really long time, fly like a, you know 1,100 kilometers or whatever, and then they start shooting each other. Um, so they're drones. Uh, the, think of them as kind of like cheap, replaceable items that you can just kind of deploy across the field and let them do their thing, and you're not really risking your big ship. Um, to risk your big ship, one of the two sides would have to warp on top of each other which is very unlikely to happen because then you would see many trillions die. Uh, and neither wants to be the one that initiates the fight on the other guy's hard point, because then you're at a disadvantage. All right. Uh, we'll be joined soon by Elise Randolph, who will join us with Billy to talk about what uh, the events are on the ground uh, as we see them. Uh, I believe the Keepstar is uh, under 80%, about 73%, I think was the last I heard. Is that right? Hello again. Oh, a boat's back. Uh, and uh, the Keepstar is still paused. I think it's been paused this entire time, so we're still above the eight-minute mark, and that is the really important uh, countdown to invulnerability. It is paused because it is taking damage. When it stops taking damage, it'll continue to tick down to zero. If it hits zero, that structure becomes invulnerable, and the battle is over for the most part. Damage is increased again, by the way. So it was at six minutes per percent. It's down to three, maybe even less per percent. Uh, can you can you explain what that means? I don't understand it. Now. So so you take a timer and you count like how long it takes to go from eighty to seventy nine, as it counts down. And it was in the upper eighties. It was like six minutes plus per percent. But as more damage gets closer to damage cap, it's dropped down to three minutes. It's actually getting lower. Uh, the last three percent has been under three minutes. What's the uh, current percentage at there, Boat? I think it's under 70 now, or just at 70. Okay, so definitely, and time dilation, I assume, is still at 10%? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so... But the like, fire many... bombers are finally getting there, I think. Yeah, it, it's not, like, the most widely understood fact how tie-dye works past 10%, but once you hit that 10% cap, tie-dye actually kind of goes into another level of tie-dye, where it may go to actually, in theory, like, 1%. Um, which is often would effectively be 99%, but CCP never actually says, you know, you're at 99% tie-dye versus, you know, 90. Um, so if what Boat is saying is true, then the likelihood is that tie-dye is probably pushing back from, like, 99.6% to, like, 94% or something like that. No, no, the tie-dye hasn't really changed. It's the um, fighter bombers from the supercarriers are finally arriving. Yeah, they've most been... Of them yeah. There yet. Like, most of our guys are reporting theirs haven't got there yet. So yeah, they're just starting to get there. Oh, yeah, the fighter bombers, like, especially long-range fighter bombers, take a very long time to hit. Yeah, so only, like, uh, a few have actually made it. Like, so yeah, when they all get there, it's going to be nasty. It's between, like, 1,000 and 1,200 kilometers for these things to fly in tie-dye. Like, it's going to take, like, an hour and a half for someone to get there. Um, when they do get there, we expect more damage to be applied, so the Keepstar will fall even faster. But what can the NC or the, the Northern Forces do to defend against that happening? I mean, they're trying. 
to kill fighters, but when they turn that PDS on, they kill their own fighters. Yeah, so they had a couple of tactics they were trying to use. They were trying to use scorpions to jam our fighters, right, to where our fighters couldn't hurt their keep star. And then they were trying to actually kill them with space superior fighters, which is a different type of fighter that is basically designed to kill other fighters. So we're having to use bombers to start a structure, and they were able, able to use space superiority fighters. So it's a good plan, but in this kind of tie-dye, it doesn't work very well. Uh, interesting. Learning experience all around. You don't really get to practice at this scale, do you? Well, that's why, you know, you got to just kind of do these, you know, multi-series campaigns and try to learn a few things. Uh, but yeah, like, this is a learning experience for us. It's a learning experience for them. Um, just like the, the tactic they tried to use on the other timer where they were going to BFG all their carriers. If that would have worked, it would have been amazing. And, and everyone would have been like, wow, that was a great tactic. But, you know, when it didn't work, now we're here. We have a question why the Titans are not doomsdaying things. They're not uh, in range. They could try, but they'll zap all the cap of everything around them, and that's really dangerous right now. Yeah, like, nothing good is in range of the Titans. Like, our Titans don't have anything in range of them, and their Titans don't have anything in range of them. Like, there's nothing for them to shoot, and if they want to try to DD fighters, like BFGM or Lansom or something, they'll just end up hitting either their own keep, yeah. other yeah. stuff, way, you know, it's just not good. Yeah, if so effectively Lance... the... Uh... Like, the Titans are at a thousand kilometers from any target they can doomsday. So the only way the Titans can effectively utilize their targeted doomsdays is to warp within range of the enemy Fortizar and start popping off doomsdays against them. Um, Another which... thing, um, if they want to lance, um, they will risk with the tie-dye as bad as it is. Their fleet will drift in the range of the lance and wipe out their whole fleet. Whereas, like, our fleets are really, really spread out. Theirs are all big balls, and if they get hit by two or three lances, they're done. So it's just too risky with the lag. You don't know how long the DD is going to take the cycle or go off. Like, it's crazy. All right, Boat, I think we're being a bit too complicated for some of the fans. There's a lot of new people. Sorry. Too. It's all right. So no. to clear it up, the lance is like a big, imagine like a big laser beam going straight out and go 300, up to 300k, I think, for 250. Uh, and if the lance hits, it does damage over time, over a period of 15 seconds, right? So it's going to hit and hit and hit and hit. Um, the problem is, is with it so laggy, it might take 10 or 15 minutes for it to actually activate. And if it does, and you're aiming at a specific point, and the things you're targeting move, you're going to miss. So lances are just too unpredictable right now to use. That's why they're not using them. The lance, like, if you ever watched Babylon 5, young, well, many years ago, I'm dating myself a little bit here. The lance is very similar to kind of the laser weapons that would chop ships in half. I mean, that's like the lance. The BFG is, when we refer to that, it's basically a big shotgun, um, has very low range, but it'll kill everything kind of in a cone in front of it. Um, so they're very, very powerful, but they're very short range. Billy? What? <laughs> We've cut you off. I, I don't know. Um, you were talking. That, that, that's a mostly accurate description of the, uh, the, the Doomsdays. You know, the Lance is a big laser uh, that just, you know, pours damage in a singular uh, angle for 15 seconds of real time. And, right, but... Uh, the, you know, Aerith's description of the boson is pretty accurate. No, 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 it's not that. I called it. I called you in to to go back to the original question of what the North can do uh, to slow down the uh, arrival of those bombers that will increase the damage to the Keepstar. Uh, they got to go harder, basically. Um, if you look at the fight currently, uh, you can see at the top end of the Keepstar, or the top right, etc., you've got well over 60 uh, Space Priority fighters up in that area, tangoing with maybe five enemy fighters you know they're probably misallocating their fighters there 
I, it's really hard to tell what uh, the space superiority battle is looking like south of the Keepstar towards the angle of approach of the uh, heavy long-range bombers. But uh, definitely, if, if you look at the, the screen that we're seeing right now, um, it looks like, for the most part, uh, the advancing fighters are advancing, I don't want to say unopposed, because there's a significant amount of uh, fighters on the grid, from what I can see. Uh, but they are advancing uh, with purpose, and you know they're taking losses, but it seems like they're uh, marching towards uh, a successful uh, kill, I guess you could say. Or, you know, it looks like there are enough of them are making it through uh, that they're going to continue to achieve their goal for the for the foreseeable future here. And there's lots of replacements. Like we had spent a significant amount of time seeding the area with you know subcapitals and replacement fighters and and, all, and things of that nature. And so. There's definitely replacements. However, in this much tie-dye, we probably wouldn't be able to use them. All right. Uh, in, in terms of in-system replacements, yeah, you're correct. Uh, it, it's extremely difficult once you get in these kind of battles to, uh, um, you know, once your uh, fighter bays are exhausted, to dock back up, restock, and get back out there. Uh, if you're jumping out and then jumping back in, that can sometimes be uh, effective, but uh, it's tricky. Sure. And we have a little of both, but you got to figure if you run out and you got to dock or go get more, you're probably looking at a, at least an hour to kind of dock and get back out, and then another hour for them to get there. So you're pretty much combat ineffective if they die. Yeah. So just a couple of quick shout outs, guys and gals. Uh, the Mackage, Gotham, uh, GK, Solus, Vuldruk, and Dantian, thank you so much for the Twitch, uh, Twitch Prime and Standard subs. And then Jane for the 100 bits, thank you, Cited. Thank you all so much. Okay, let me bring everybody back into focus. If you've been joining us, people want to know who the good guys, bad guys are. It's up to you. I'll just tell you who's on the field. Uh, we are looking at live coverage of 9TAC4 RP2, which is a system in Cloud Ring. It is a final timer, which is means it'll be destroyed uh, of a Keepstar, which is the largest kind of base station that EVE has to offer. It belongs to Horde, which is a group that is part of the Northern Forces, and they are in orange here. They are defending with the help of Northern Coalition and Darkness and uh, Mercenary Coalition and Pandemic Legion. And those are the Northern forces. Attacking it are the blue forces. That is the Imperium. And that is Goonswarm, uh, Bastion, TNT, uh, and you also have Initiative and uh, Snuff that's on there. So we've assembled uh, people who know about both sides and their motivations, uh, Empire Building for Aerith and many other things. Uh, FCing for Billy, and I'll introduce you to them in just a second. They are talking us through the events. We're talking about the history of the event, the context of it, the results, the future, but also what is actually happening tactically so you can try to understand what we're looking at. And I want to say, if you're looking at EVE, it is very slow because everything is moving in slow motion because the servers are taking a while to calculate what's happening. But for people who are familiar with the game, they're looking at this and seeing it completely differently. They're looking at strategy uh, and uh, events, even though they're moving in slow motion. So uh, yeah. we'll try to des describe that for you guys. At this point, there's not a ton of uh, strategy involved in what's going on. Once things slow down to this level, you're, you're, you're able to make very uh, complex decisions at very, uh, uh, how do I put this? You, you can take your time, you can think over your decisions, you can, you know, you know, reach the obvious conclusion. You, you're not forced to make any real snap decisions. And uh, obviously, 
Um, this is a slow battle, to say the least. Uh, with that being said, uh, this Keepstar seems to be below 70% now, Boat, if, if that's correct. There is Boat even uh, still left. Yeah. Uh, do, do we have any... Uh... What is that? What is that fleet that just repositioned down towards the bottom middle of the uh, screen there? It's one of the. Yeah, they've been pushing on the. They've been pushing on that left side for like an hour or so now. This is the time I've actually seen them warp somewhere. I'm oh, that, really that curious is... what they're doing down there. Looks what, like the battleships. I think that's NC materials. Could yeah, be wrong the... though. Yeah, yeah that, that no, I'm pretty sure it is the. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is the NC materials. Yeah, it's interesting to note that local continues to drop, and we're uh, just dropping below 3,800, or dropping around 3,800 now. Um, if that trend continues, it should be noted that while we're seeing a significant amount of fighters in space, that doesn't necessarily mean they are active, and that the fighters of disconnected pilots will, for the most part, become inactive. Um, so if before the battle started, we were looking at a... Uh, battle where I believe the North had a numerical advantage by 20 or 30%. So as the numbers drop, that could become more and more play if the disconnects uh, follow an even trajectory. Uh, we're hearing that the blue arrival, sorry, the arrival of the orange there is a mock on mock uh, battleship fight. And that is Macarials versus Macarials. Macarials have a characteristic of being very fast battleships with a very hard uh, barrage. Uh, so they can do a lot of damage, and they're preferred for quick attacks, and so they are lancing each other right now, or basically uh, blowing each other up. Hey, what's more Eve than Mac on Mac? <laughs> well, and that was also brings us to another topic of uh, how Alpha Clones were able to fly, or are able to fly them now. So that kind of changes how some of the fleets are now, because you don't have to be subscribed now to get into Macarial. Now, granted, they're a little less powerful, but they're still available now. Okay, Keepstar has dipped to 68% as it continues to drop from damage. Once it gets to zero, it explodes and victory goes to the Imperium, the blue. Uh, if, uh, if they can manage to keep that timer locked by applying damage in a consistent way, they can keep it from reaching safety of invulnerability. And that timer is only eight minutes, but it hasn't moved in quite a while. So it looks like momentum has swung towards the Imperium. Yeah, I would definitely say that at the moment it it, it kind of feels from what the, the view that we're watching that uh, they definitely have the advantage. It's really hard to read if that's how it's actually playing it on the battlefield just because we're working with a, a single limited kind of uh, angle of, uh, of viewing and we're trying to make uh, very complex observations from uh, just that limited information. Uh, I got all our command channels. I'm reading them. <laughs> And what are your command channels saying that we, we information-wise, that we don't have? Uh, basically, that a lot of our DPS isn't there yet. Um, some of their jamming starting to kick in. Uh, their scorpions, I guess, are starting to be a little bit effective. But a great deal of our DPS still isn't there. Like, a lot of our guys report that they haven't launched yet. Yeah, I know that makes absolute sense. Um, it, it is interesting to note that, like, one, going over the first uh, Z-Kill review of the fight, um, it shows 36 battleships lost, 124 light fighters, or 124 wings which is nine fighters a piece of, of light fighters have died. And certainly um, the losses on the other side are pretty minimal, but that's very much to be expected. Um, with that being said, uh, it's, it's still really hard to kind of 
tell uh, just how the battle is going to swing once those heavy fighters get there, if it's going to swing harder, uh, if those uh, scorpion, multiple scorpion fleets from Pandemic Horde are going to be able to push off uh, a lot of that heavy fighter DPS as each uh, scorpion represents the ability to permanently jam out multiple heavy fighters. Um, so I, I don't know if the battle is definitely sealed in any way, because I definitely don't feel that it is. But uh, there's definitely um, a, a lot to be said for how this is going to proceed and go on. Oh, it definitely is decided. I think what people need to understand in these really large fights where you're stressing the server and lots of things can go wrong, the node could crash right now. And if the node crashes right now, this fight's over for the night. Like, you know, everyone will go home. So the, a lot of times what you're trying to do is just not make a large mistake or get yourself in a weird position uh, and hope the server stays up. Like, because this is something you can't see in another game. Like, that's what makes EVE so good is, yeah, when you're looking at the screen here, it might look really, really boring, but no other game could even render this. So that's why we play EVE. All right, so let me reintroduce uh, the panel that we have going right now. We have Aerith, who is CSM member and one of the leaders of the Imperium. Uh, and we also have, one second here. Working lots of buttons, have to move around. Okay, we have Bro Hamo, he oh, is a Providence FC. Uh, we have Dirk McGurk, who's co-hosting this with me and Life Shifter. We are bringing it to you uh, live on INN. Uh, Dirk and I, uh, and also Thel there, work for the... Uh, INN, but also the uh, Talking in Stations podcast, so you can get more coverage on your everyday EVE news uh, through that as well. Uh, we have Harvey Skywalker, who is the former owner of this area uh, when he was the leader of the culture, but he is now in PL. Uh, we have Never Convicted, who is a streamer here at uh, INN, and also former uh, player for the Rooks and Kings. We have Naiden. Uh, he is in Snuff. Uh, but he is also the C, uh, sorry, the editor in chief for Crossing Zebras. Uh, we have Thel Ancora from NC, and we have Vili from Test, a former uh, Goonswarm member, but uh, now leads Test. Now, I don't, I, I don't know if uh, Aerith mentioned this while I was away trying to log in and still trying to log in. Um, the 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 summit. Did you uh, did you happen to mention anything re related to that? Uh, related to I don't know what this might be like with a GTFO device in action or something. Yeah, we I don't know what I can say. Like I I will say that it was discussed, but that's probably all I can say. What I mean, can you say what the general vibe was from the CSM to them prior to the dev blog going out? Um, I don't think I can say. I will say a lot of the changes that you're seeing now um, for not not really to get get that module out, but the other good changes you're seeing, Eve. A lot of these were discussed and brought up by the CSM or was direct feedback from the CSM. So I do think it's it's going in a positive direction. You know, I personally, I think it's a little strong and null. Mm, probably. Do I think it's warranted in like HiSec? Yeah, because HiSec has nothing. They don't have any AOE or anything in HiSec. So I think HiSec definitely needs something. Um, but it probably would be really overpowered and know where, hey, we scram, you know, the FC or a GTFO, just like the anchor and the whole fleet goes away or we, or we use it to headshot people by making his fleet go away. And, I, you know, that kind of thing, it probably would be overpowered because once you send a guy off the grid in a fight like this, he's not coming back for a really long time. So with uh, 
the Keepstar slowly bleeding structure and everything. There must be like the, with the northern forces, there must be at least some point when it hits like ten percent or even five percent, where the North either goes all out or either just gives up. Like, they, what, what would you guys think about that? They would be extracting at about thirty to forty percent. Any super capital next to the keep, they would need to be start extracting. Uh, we have a question to tell us about the orange blob. What that mainly is. So the the orange blob there is generally the center of force for uh, the pandemic family uh, forces. What you've got in that giant orange blob, uh, and it's really hard to explain just how big that blob actually is in terms of Eve uh, terms. It's full of I, I assume the f- entirety of whatever NC dot has for Titans or NC dot pandemic family has for Titans super carriers carriers facts are all sitting in the center of that. Uh, basically creating kind of a, a point of incredibly strong mass where they're projecting all of their force out from. My guess is if there's 3,700 in local, that would represent well over 1,500 pilots just in that kind of central blob there uh, from which they're projecting the majority of their carriers, uh, their Titans, et cetera. Someone asked earlier if we were seeing most of the fight or if there was stuff that was off screen. And the majority of the fight is what you're seeing. It just doesn't look like uh, 5,000 people, but it is. Um, it's um, it's called the grid. That's the battle grid that people are fighting on, uh, and that is what you're seeing. And there's also two large um, blue feats that are, that are uh, currently not visible at all, just because of the camera angle. And we're, I apologize, folks, ahead of time, as we've mentioned. Um, we're afraid to move the camera right now due to the crashes that have been happening today because it's been taking people on upwards to an hour to get back in. And in, in, if, at this point, if we were to change the camera angle and we were to crash it would take on upwards to close to an hour to get back and i don't know if that would be anything good for the viewership so we're trying to we're trying to still maintain at least a view uh so we don't kill all of our view of the battle yeah Yeah. so i'm I'm literally going over two hours and i'm still not able to get on yeah we have people that have been undocking in system for 90 minutes still i managed to get logged in after about two hours um i warped in and i just sat there and couldn't do anything and then i crashed again Right. So the numbers dropping aren't a lack of interest or even people getting uh, killed and removed their uh, server having trouble uh, uh, basically keeping up with the amount of players that want to get in on this fight. Uh, it did get up to about 6,000, maybe even over a little, uh, little over 6,000 people. That puts it at a record-breaking uh, size for a fight in EVE Online. This is the biggest fight that we've ever seen in EVE Online. This is just one of those ones where it's like, you know what? You planned on being here until downtime. If you got home earlier than that later, then so be it. But uh, whether I'm logging in or whether I'm actually in there and modules are not responding, it's uh, no, it's sort of the same time. Billy, how do the time zones affect this kind of a fight? Uh, well, generally, when you have this kind of fight, you're looking to start it as early as you can into whatever your prime time is. And when I say prime time, generally what I mean is the time at which your membership uh, is most strong. So within EVE Online, you're talking a global game. You have people from Asia, you have people from Russia, uh, Europe, United States, Australia. All of these people operate in different time zones all around the world. So uh, the majority of the pandemic family uh, alliances and the coalition is built around uh, a mix of Euro, Australian, US time zone. Um, They have a, a pretty strong uh, player base in all three areas. Um, the Imperium forces are also 
pretty much uh, a multi-time zone entity. I would say that they maybe have a stronger uh, U.S. time zone. Uh, not by a ton, but, but definitely, I, I would think traditionally they were uh, one of the strongest U.S. time zone entities in the game. And if, you know, I, I've been out of uh, Imperium for a while, but my uh, my assumption is that they would have, at the very least, a uh, a slight advantage uh, working towards U.S. time zone. That being said, in the situation we're looking at, nobody's uh, going to sleep uh, if your Titan or Supercarrier is logged in right now in the middle of this fight. Uh, if you're in here and you're aggressed, you're very much playing till downtime, uh, which is the time at uh, roughly, I don't know, 7 in the morning Eastern, something like that, uh, at which the server resets daily. Um, so there's very likely the possibility that we could be in for that kind of a situation here if the Keepstar dies and then uh, a secondary battle uh, begins on top of the central uh, pandemic family uh, force uh, with uh, Imperium bringing in a hard committal. Although, will that happen? I don't know. But if if the Keepstar goes down, uh, the pandemic family forces will have lost the kind of their their high ground in this grid, and it will definitely open them up to uh, a variety of different tactical situations. And I don't know how necessarily it'll play out, but uh, it will definitely uh, change the dynamics of the battle uh, drastically. Well, explain that a little bit. Why are they safer with a Keepstar on grid? Well, obviously the the giant one is that you can uh, dock and log off and you will actually disappear uh, if you can dock before uh, they hit, you hit the point of uh, no return. So if, you, uh, if you're still aggressive when the Keepstar dies, you'll just get spit out, and, uh, which is effectively a death sentence. So if this Keepstar is going to die, um, they, they will lose the advantage to effectively uh, escape. They will lose the, tight, uh, the Keepstar's doomsday uh, weapon uh, for enhanced defense, they will lose the advantage of tether mechanics, which allow you to kind of place things uh, a little more perfectly, uh, grant you a slight amount of invulnerability while moving around near it. Um, and they will lose the advantage of the Keepstarter's point defense system uh, should they need to utilize that. At this point, it's extremely hard to say uh, what is uh, what would happen if uh, the Keepstar were to die with the size of a fleet on top of it. Uh, it would imply that uh, Imperium forces had a, a tactical tactical control of the battlefield, uh, in which case they would have uh, the opportunity to uh, make some really interesting uh, moves, uh, but they may be, uh, I don't want to say exhausted because that's not exactly the right word, but um, they might be low, running low on things like fighters and man, like people just get tired. You know, this is going to be an eight or nine hour battle and they may take their victory at that point and you know just call it a victory because it obviously will be but on the other hand they might uh, be in a situation where they feel the bloodlust and they feel energized and ready to uh take down someone who has traditionally been their hardline enemy so it's definitely uh, it's definitely hard to say how it's going to play out i mean you could have scenarios where we bubble the whole grid um we drop another structure of our own like it gets really dangerous for, for the defenders. So you want to extract before you get into that situation. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you wait too long, if you wait till the structure is at 10%, um, then you create a situation where you are effectively trapped here. And you, you only have so long to extract before things get extremely dangerous because extraction is generally the most difficult part of properly utilizing capital and super capital fleets in EVE. Uh, trying to, you know, get all your guys out as safely as you can 
is tricky. And when you have so many assets on field, it only takes one misclick, one disconnect, uh, one, you know, somebody not paying attention or, you know, one interdictor bubble uh, preventing a fleet warp or a sinoserial jump away uh, before you have losses that are many times uh, more valuable than the Keepstar itself. Imagine if you're like random super capital pilot, you're on the keep right now and you've disconnected and you e-warp. When you log back in and you re-warp, you're going to land in bubbles and just die a horrible death. So you don't want to get yourself in that scenario. So while you're still connected, you're going to want to either you know, sign out, warp off, do whatever. All right. Again, um, we have the south in blue attacking a keep star. The north in orange is defending it. Uh, and uh, it looks like the Keepstar is getting damaged. It's down to under, I believe, 70%-ish. We have reports uh, of 65% now from uh, Twitch chat. Oh, you read chat? Ugh. 65%. So it is going down. There are bombers that are either striking now or about to strike. Those bombers will make that go down even faster. Uh, the north uh, on their side is trying to destroy... Uh, the damage-making capability of the South as quickly as possible to save the structure. And yes, we have it confirmed at 65%. Uh, it is down to 65%. Yeah, I, I generally try to uh, avoid reading uh, Twitch chat sometimes. You know, you can only be called a shitler so many times, but, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of useful updates coming out of Twitch chat. and You know, they're good people, even if they spam the wrong emotes at times. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah, there's the the good people in chat outweigh the the bad. Uh, yes, many times over. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but those of you looking at this uh, and wondering what's going on, the gray area that you're seeing is the Keepstar. It is a giant space station, the largest that you can build. Uh, it is owned by the North of the Orange there, uh, and it is being attacked. And this is the largest battle Eve has seen. It's gone on now for hours. Uh, it probably will go on for many more hours. Uh, and we still don't know which way it's going to go. It's up in the air, but momentum seems to be swinging towards the blues, and that would be the Imperium. Uh, and if that happens, there may be a combination of things that make this fight go to the next level, which is uh, the Titans that are on grid, which are the biggest ships that you can have in EVE, uh, for the North will become a little more vulnerable without a space station to dock in. A, a little more vulnerable is, is kind of an understatement, to be fair. A lot more vulnerable? <laughs> well, as vulnerable as, you, as vulnerable as you can be, you know, sitting around, you know, however many of your uh, your brethren, I guess you right. could say. Well, there's yeah. almost no scenario where you can extract clean at that point. Like, you're going to lose some just because there's always a guy that disconnected, doesn't follow orders, is an idiot, didn't have enough topes, whatever. So right. you're always going to lose a few in that scenario, so you want to extract soon. So probably that's the point right there that you want to extract soon. So it won't get to zero before uh, NC pretty much uh, or the northern forces throw in the towel and say we're not going to save this. Let's get out. Well, we well can. to be fair, you know we're we're saying you know the northern coalition forces are going to throw in the towel or get out or whatever, but there are other options here. There is the hard engage mode. You know, NC can pull the trigger right now and warp down to the goon fortizar and start blasting away at uh, the carriers uh, with their titans and. Are they going to take that route? I don't think they are, but that is absolutely a, a possibility. And while initially I had thought that holding their Titans back in a system not uh, the, the engagement system, 
Uh, I think that's actually going to work in advantage uh, for the Imperium forces here because it means that none of their Titan pilots are disconnected or affected by any of the, the key problems that are probably affecting the Pandemic family uh, Titan fleet right now. So in theory, on a jump in, um, they would be uh, a force that uh, could make, a, would, would effectively overpower the Pandemic forces. Uh, will that happen? Uh, I don't know. It's impossible to predict how tie-dye and lag and uh, the mechanics of that uh, server response are going to work. Uh, but th there is definitely uh, the go nuclear option uh, available to NC Dot here, uh, or Pandemic Family, that um, it, definitely a card that hasn't been played yet. Yeah, but then you worry about counter moves, right? So there's always counterplay in even. For example, let's say that scenario happened. Maybe we dread bomb them. Uh, maybe we pick off a few Titans. Maybe we sign a right into the middle of their Titan fleet and starburst them all into all directions and then start DDing. Like, and they, they've used their DD. So there's a lot of counterplay there that makes that a stupidly high-risk move that is very unlikely to occur because they have to be willing to take trillions and losses no matter what at that point. Yeah, they, they absolutely do. Um, but then again, you have to realize that Dread Bombs are absolutely ineffective against Titans, even in this... Uh, scenario uh, they, I, I, do you need all our shit maybe no like let, let's be honest here if you drop a dread bomb in the you know on titans we both know what happens you know the, the titans lose some facts and they kill all your dreads the, the danger for ncpl forces would be that you know they warp their titans in you drop your titans either directly on them or at short or medium range off them and just go to town on them and then we have the greatest battle in the history of online games. If, if that is, uh, you know, kind of the outcome, that is why people are here watching, right? Yeah. Um, they're LR fit too. So they would get screwed by SR Titans, you know, honestly, the, the difference in gun ranges is such a minor thing at this scale. The doomsdays are going to be so much more exponentially important. Um, I, I think you would find that even, you know, with 200 Titans coming in with short range, you know, the Titan, you know, gun DPS is, you know, mostly irrelevant in the face of facts is it's much more about the, the targeted doomsdays that would really uh, affect the field. That's the problem. If they come in and they DD all their first wave into our carriers, let's just say, if that's how you're saying they're going to kill our carriers, they're all on timers at that point, or at least a lot of them are on timers. And then we're coming in with no timers. Like, that's bad. That's kind of what happened to VTech R. Kind of, yeah. Um, it, it would give you guys an advantage to some degree, for sure. But then you guys have to load in front of them. Uh, you know, that that is something you never want to do with a supercat fleet is load or jump into an enemy fleet unloaded, right? Because if you if you have to load right in front of them and you don't load and your hardeners don't turn on, you insta-die. Right? Oh, I don't disagree at all. Like, black screen would be the number one thing we would fear is that we sit there for 30 minutes in black screen and you load and you're in a pod. Yeah, that, that's exactly, that's, you know, that's one of the main reasons that head GP right before BR tech never happened, right? Because we had dreads a large percent of which are dreads that uh never had never loaded grid and just were dying so we knew we couldn't jump in the titans and supers and i, I think the, the mechanics of the game and the structural strength of the servers is a lot higher now but it, it's one of those factors you absolutely have to consider right and i don't know how you uh it, it would be tricky yeah they got to worry about the bumps and we got to worry about the black screen i don't think either of us want to take that risk Right. Okay. So those are super advanced concepts. And I do want to point out another advanced concept that Vili brought up is very interesting. Uh, it's almost like keeping your powder dry in a battle like this. If you're not in this system, you're not subject to the slowness of the system and the disconnects and all the stuff that goes with it. Because uh, if you disconnect in this zone, you may be out for an hour. 
so by having the heavy, heavy artillery of the Titans uh, still in the staging system, not in this system, but a staging system where they can jump from and directly into combat, they are safe from that, that sort of stuff. And that is really kind of next level thinking when you're in a fight like this. Yeah, we have 300 Titans just basically sitting out there waiting for something to occur. Uh, it is not likely to, that something is going to occur that we would use those Titans, but you never know. How, how much is, a, you know, do some napkin math, 300 Titans, how much is that worth in real money? Oh, God, are we going to do those comparisons? <laughs> yes, because there's a lot of people who can't really understand what that means. They need Three, something to easily, easily, how many Titans, sorry? About 300. That, well, that's us. I don't know. I think you, you got I don't know. Some, somewhere in the range of three hundred dollars to $600,000 easily. Yeah, versus depending on how you value uh, the titans uh, you know what conversion method you're giving yeah uh, we have confirmed there are 300 titans uh, on the imperium side waiting to get in uh, the northern coalition has uh, committed some titans i'm not sure that's all of them what do you mean committed do you mean they've loaded onto the keepstar yeah there's some on the keepstar well, that, that's not really that? committing it so much as it is just Gotten them to load grid, I guess you could say. I guess that's gotten them into well, they're, the battle. They're a step further than the Imperium ones. Let's give them that much. Yeah, but th that also gives them some advantages, right? Because the Imperium ones are not being affected by uh, any of the in-system issues. So as much as I thought that wasn't necessarily the smartest move at the start of this fight, it seems to be working out for them. Uh, the question is, of course, as a, you know, me and Aerith were just discussing, you know, how successful would they be loading system uh, if they tried to jump in blind, right? So Well, uh, that, I think that thing we're not also pointing out, we probably should point out to the other viewers, is the other counterplay is when they go to extract, maybe you catch a few in a mid and you drop, or you catch a few that just jump to some random beacon or something. Like, there's always idiots when you have the, this many people going on, and so our Titans are available to kill idiots, right? And that that's a good thing uh, if you can catch uh, them. Not really. I mean... In terms of jump ranges, your Titans uh, would have to mid to an alternate system to, you know, if the Keepstar is the center, you guys are southward of it, and they're northward yeah, of it. North. You know, so you're not going to be in direct where, jump where range with their mid the, Titans. Yeah. Where are uh, the Imperium 300 Titans at the moment? Are they in J5 still? They would have to be in Bravo Delta, I assume, or somewhere nearby, or one of the Cloud Ring mids, maybe. Is this stream and not had eyes on them before? I've been told about them, but I never bothered to ask where it were. All right, Presumably, so they are in range. One of the other streams was watching them. So. Yeah, I thought I thought I saw a stream with them on there. Uh, but I don't want to say it, but if y'all don't know, I don't want to say it. Then. Uh, no, quick, yeah, Mar Mar had quick all recap. Oh, sorry, Live Shifter. Quick recap of what's going on if you're just joining us. Uh, this is live coverage of the largest battle that Eve has seen. And this is happening in Cloud Ring. The system is 9TAC 4RP2. It is a final timer for a keep star belonging to Horde, which is in orange there. Those are the northern forces uh, that are defending that keep star from being destroyed. Attacking it are the blue forces that you're seeing there, and that's the Imperium that have come up from the southern regions of Del, Aquarius, uh, all through Fountain up to this area for this fight. So if I'm reading this right, um, or looking at the screen in the correct way, I guess you could say, uh, the blob of blue on the left is just a sentry ball, correct? It's uh, from when the Macarials came in initially to uh, get that initial pause to give the fighters time to get up there. Come on, let's risk moving the camera. Like, come on, just once. Uh, if we lose it, we lose uh, 
9,000 people basically. So yeah, God, not, that's bad for Eve. Not gonna, not gonna do it. Okay, uh, so the, uh, there's a, if, if you look uh, about middle left, about halfway between the keep star and the edge of the screen, there's a blob, blob of blue little X's there, right? Which are, my guess, abandoned sentry drones. Um, so for the most part, those are irrelevant to what you're seeing on the field. Uh, I, I moved the uh, text line at the bottom so you guys can actually see how much blue is actually bordered on the bottom of the screen currently. You know, what I what I really need, would like right now is if we get like a coach disc, coach Ditka like play board or something so I can like circle things. Be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mad Annie had it. Why can't we? Oh, yeah. Might be um, in the future. In the future. In the future. Yeah. That being said. When I'm looking at it, it feels like I'm looking at less and less blue fighters. I, I don't know if that's actually accurate. Um, maybe it's the more likely reality is that they're just spreading out around the Keepstar more. Well, we heard we have heard that the fighters, the fighter bombers that were supposed to come in and deliver a lot of damage, seem to be malfunctioning. That each supercarrier only has one tube of uh, bombers working at a time. <laughs> Jesus. I haven't seen that report, but maybe I'm not just seeing it. Yeah. Like, right. Matani is finally applying damage as of, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes ago. Is he in this fight? Yeah, he's actually on the field. All right, so just so people don't know, Matani is the leader of the Imperium uh, and their figurehead. He's in a super, too, right? He's going to be so mad when I get him headshot. Right, so we're under 65 percent damage to that structure. It is going down before it gets to zero and blows up. Uh, the NC will, if that happens, decide at a certain point that they need to abandon the structure because they'll need to extract, or they will stay on the field and uh, try to dominate what's left. Yeah, there's definitely multiple uh, outcomes for what could happen here. It still seems like it's up in the air, right? Like there's definitely uh, it's a you know, 50-50 with a little bit of momentum towards uh, Imperium, but not that much. Sure, I mean, anything can happen now. I think the only thing that I would be super butt-blasted about is if the server died. That would certainly be... Uh, I don't think anybody wants that. But uh, traditionally in battles like this, when CCPs had the uh, fourth knowledge about what's uh, to come, they've been able to... Uh, I can't remember what battle we had many years ago, but CCP knew it was a major battle, and they basically put in some code or something where it says the server cannot die. It will go on no matter what. Right. Um, the only yeah, time we've I... been talking to them all day about reinforcing and they have an ops guy. I think CCPs even has like an ops guy, like watching the server right now. Oh, I, I'm sure they've got some tech dude in like, this is their business. Right. So, and yeah. there, there's more data being created and more, uh, points of, uh, information to gather today than probably historically we've ever had in Eve. Yeah, earlier we had CCP on uh, through the CCP Fal uh, Falcon, and he was giving us a play-by-play -play of what the server was going through as we were talking. And it did, the CPUs hit 100%. They were peaked. Uh, their 17 gigs of RAM were overcome. They had to switch to 64 gigs of RAM uh, to loosen it up. And um, uh, yeah, then he had to leave, and we expect he had to put out a fire of some sort with a fire extinguisher. But those servers are working overtime to accommodate this kind of a fight. And we did see this go up to record numbers, uh, just over 6,000 uh, people in local at the same time with reserves in both staging systems. Yeah, so at the moment, like if you're uh, reading the Z-Kill report, which is 
definitely not the most accurate of, of reports, but it's the only report uh, the majority of us can kind of read right now. Um, you're looking at roughly uh, 60 wings of fighters uh, lost on PanFam side with 128 wings of light fighters on the Imperium side and 16 wings of heavy fighters. Um, so that's a pretty substantial number in normal scenarios, but uh, it's definitely not, I guess you would say, as high as you would hope in this kind of a situation. Uh, if you're, I, I've seen many uh, just smaller scale battles, smaller scale battles where those numbers would be in the high three or four hundreds for uh, wings of carriers lost. So um, I don't know if that's a sign of things to come, but we will uh, definitely see uh, as time continues to move forward here. Yeah, that's a really low loss number compared to uh, there's so many things on the grid that are meant to kill fighters that that's a really low number. And I, I think we just have to chalk it up to tie dye. Yeah, a, a time dilation is definitely going to be uh, one of the big danger points here. Uh, in terms of just in introducing unpredictable unpredictable elements that you can't really, uh, you know, factor into your evaluation. With that being said, uh, it, it should be noted that a large percentage of the fighter, the space priority fighters, um, will have probably finally hit some of those heavy fighters that uh, are on their way up. And uh, when that happens, those losses should increase, but it, it could... You know, there, there's there's so many light fighters on this thing. I don't think uh, even just the heavy fighters on their own are, are any more important than anything else. Yeah, it's really late in Iceland, uh, and I think in the UK as well. Uh, they, but Falcon, when he was on earlier, was saying that uh, a lot of uh, CCP employees will stick around and watch uh, these kinds of fights on TVs. They have it on TVs everywhere. It's kind of like a, a, you know, a giant public event in the news. It's happening for them. I'm surprised Falcon's not still here. Like he's kind of an insomniac. He's up a lot at night. Yeah, we're trying to get in touch with him to maybe bring him back. Uh, see if he can give us an update on what the servers look like. I, unless we get, I mean, uh, CCP Guard's in channel also. I don't know if uh, CCP Guard, if you want to, if you're listening to us, uh, if you want to jump in and talk to us a little bit about what's going on in CCP. Oh, finally, he's used to reach your chat. Uh, we're also expecting Lise Randolph to come in in just a few minutes, uh, and we'll get to uh, more coverage of the. Uh, tactic. This Billy is totally helping us out by showing us how the big thinking in these kinds of fights actually happens. Very few people can speak on that with authority. He's one of them. Uh, so we're glad to have him here. And... He was my favorite voice FC. You know, we have to get on talking stations this Sunday, maybe. Uh, the guy who's working night duty tonight in the UK <laughs> server farm. The guy holding the fire extinguisher. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, I don't know, it's really hard to, evaluate. like, there's a group of what I seem to be, I assume they're Macarials at the top left of the Keepstar, if you look at the left uh, wing of the Keepstar up there, I assume those are either disconnected Macarials or guys that just got caught in a bubble and didn't warp away, but they, they seem to be sitting there pretty consistently uh, as the fight continues, so those are kind so, of a point uh, of interest. Right? Oh, those are our initiative? Okay. I believe so, um, yeah. Uh, are they doing a specific role or are they doing anything interesting or are they just kind of showing up in some standard stuff? I think they're just uh, trying to shoot stuff. Okay, yeah, that's Elise sense. Randolph. Let me just introduce Elise Randolph. He is well, the leader of the Pandemic Legion or Pandemic Legion. And they are fighting on the orange side of things here. For those you who don't understand, Eve, uh, they are in the north. Uh, Elise, thanks for coming. Welcome. Hey, hey. 
Sadly, I'm not in game. I've been trying to log in uh, basically all day. I've shot three Macarials and a Nyx. I uh, crashed after each one. My computer dislikes me. Well, we heard something about What do you in field on? Like, what do you have? What ship? <laughs> I've got a Raven. And I have an Aeon waiting to jump in. So what's that disconnected carrier's name? Uh, at least <laughs> tell us all. Yeah, okay, no. it's a little too obvious. One of the uh, one of the funny things that CCP Falcon said while he was here was, "I just saw the saddest thing." At least Randolph self destruct counter on his uh, Raven or something. And then I crashed before I could stop it, so that was uh, pretty grim. Yeah, we we were uh, talking about the uh, old self destruct bug uh, when you were doing that, and then we're like, "Oh, there he goes." Uh, we'll work on trying to get uh, CCP rep in here, uh, maybe CCP guard uh, there, or try to get Falcon. Uh, Again, it is very late for them, but uh, we'll see what's going on. Do you have any uh, reports, at least, of how it's going from your guys' side? I know, obviously, the disconnects are hitting you guys super hard from what I can see. Uh, but uh, how's your kind of feeling of the field going? I mean, we're pretty much of the opinion that it's there's a good chance it'll die, but a lot of the battleships are dying, uh, and a lot of the fighter squadrons are also dying from goons. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot as well. There is definitely a large contingent of battleships dying, but. Um, is the system locked down in terms of ability to get back in? Um, ye well, it's not totally locked down. Um, there was a, a slight bug where if you docked in the keep start, it kind of reset yourself. Uh, the undock button didn't exist. So you're yeah, just we've had that there. one before. Yeah, uh, I've been stuck on the login screen for about fifty-five minutes. I think. Oh, that's less. That's less time than I've been there. Yeah, but I mean, um, people that crash, they can generally get in. Um, people are saying it's a little bit slow to cycle guns, but uh, it's not horrible, I guess. I've seen way worse. I mean, if you've played EVE only in the last two or three years, this is probably going to be the worst experience of your EVE life. But if you've played for like 10, this, this is only like top 10. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't strike me as like incredibly horrible. The grid is moving in a very consistent method. And obviously there's uh, mass disconnects, but that, that's pretty standard for this level of stuff. Um, this is well. I, I'll say this: this is this is probably the worst I can recall in terms of trying to get back in at all. I don't think yeah. I've ever spent over. I, I mean, it was six thirty p.m. Eastern time, so an hour and thirty-five minutes ago when I initiated a relog after after sinoing into Nine Tech Four and getting stuck for fifteen minutes in a warp tunnel that went nowhere and loss of chat and all that kind of shit. Um, so we're talking, you know, 90 minutes now. I know somebody else where it's been two hours just trying to, and, and have gotten kicked back to character selection twice. Yeah. Uh, the, I've I mean, stuff to... is consistently dying. So that's the good thing. Uh, we were kind of like theory crafting. There was going to be a hard cap on the amount of people in system. And yeah, uh, it Arachnor seemed to be hard capping around, uh, 5,600 there. Like uh, when I was observing uh, around 5,600 at the start of this fight, it seemed like the, the server would just not like every time somebody came in, somebody was getting dropped kind of thing. Like it was fifty five sixty or something, I think it was, and like it would the local count just went up and down, up and down, up and down, like almost exactly on that number. So I thought it had kind of hit that number, but it's like obviously now it's at thirty five hundred. So it's. Uh... I think a lot of what happened as well is um, around that same time, NC decided to uh, make the call to bring the Titans in uh, to start clearing some DPS off a little bit faster because that's one of the good things that uh, they can do. Yeah, and... they can certainly do that. That definitely has kind of made things way worse uh, for everyone else. And I think the server is just now starting to catch up to the beginning of that. I, I know um, one of the NC pilots I was talking to him, 
he maybe about five minutes ago he was just able to load grid and he had jumped in maybe three hours ago great falcon went out for a late dinner and now he's back uh falcon is your sound sorted certainly is you guys see me okay a bit low but that might just be me how, how about it no, he was uh, low as well okay We also have Celine back. Uh, he's from Mercenary Coalition. Mercenary, Mercenary Coalition would, fights on the northern side. I would love to be able to actually load this. This looks like a lot of... Uh, <laughs> would you know? By the way, Elise, could you do me a favor and tell whoever's got their space priority fighters at the top of the keep start, get that shit like, down there. It's driving me insane. There's like a hundred space priority fighters killing like four. It's like... It's... It's what do they call it when people like people get triggered? Oh, I'm getting triggered. By <laughs> but until they kill their four, their mission is not is not. Well, if you look at the top there, you've got like this one little blue fighter surrounded by twelve others, and there's one that's surrounded by like sixteen. It's a like fighter that could. Yeah, that blue. That's a blue hero. So here's so yeah. here's the thing. At least two of those wings are probably from my, one of my carriers that I've been trying to log back in for two hours, and the little Valkyrie guy, little Valkyrie girls are just like spinning in circles like why doesn't he tell us what to do no actually you can see most of those fighter squads are, are moving like they're visibly moving on the on the screen here so they're not an inactive pilot uh, uh carriers i think um dan cool had mentioned uh he's running links on our side that uh, he's only used 21 of the, the link scripts so 21 minutes of real time has actually elapsed or rather 21 real minutes have elapsed uh, during this entire time so that's interesting. I was listening. Uh, I was listening to a stream a minute ago, and someone made the comment. I think it might have been Dirk who said that this is, in terms of getting back in, this is the worst they've ever seen. And I, I agree. Um, it's amazing that it can sustain what it's sustaining, the hardware. But I've been through a lot of these before, and I usually, I'm usually the guy's like, ah, oh, get a better computer, and like I got just a new computer and I'm having hell. I've never had this much of an issue getting back into a fight. If it ever dropped me, it's just unreal. I mean, it'll ease up. Uh, that's the thing. A, a lot of it I think has to do with not only the, the scale of the fight, but the types of things that are fighting, like throwing at your fighters. We know that this causes a lot of lag, jumping in a bunch of people, hitting them all with smart bombs and ECM bursts and, all of this, like the current meta for Keepstar fights and Citadel fights, all produce a shit ton of lag. So that's awful. Uh, it's not necessarily like intended. It's just how you know the game has developed and how like yeah, the fighting I just think uh, fighters fighting fighters as well. You know, it's all. Oh, those sixteen dudes at the top just killed their target. Nice. Let's see what they do. <laughs> They're gonna go home now. <laughs> now they gotta turn around, and look for Celine, and feel abandoned. Well, in likelihood, they've got to now traverse the 200-kilometer uh, stretch to get to the south of the Keepstar, where all the rest of the action is. I think or they can start... Actually, you know what? There's there's enough fighters around like the southeastern side of the Keepstar in our two-dimensional view of it that you know I'm sure that would probably be the better target. You know, so I, just, I just kind of want to address something here that's come up a few times in chat out there that I've seen. Have CCP put a limit in the system? One of the things CCP won't do is put a hard cap on the total number of pilots that can be in a system. If we want to try and cram in as many as we can and end up with a situation like this, that is technically a better option, a more fair option 
and CCP just saying, you know what, we're going to cap this at 3,000 and we're going to cap it at 4,000 because one side or the other will take advantage of that and they will put 4,000 in there before the other side can, whether it be 12 hours in advance or 10 hours in advance or whatever. So They'll do Ragnar, that. Um, from uh, Peak said that there was at one point a hard cap of 6,000 that they are, it was actually like 3,000 something, but they increased it to 6,000. Uh, that was never really documented that it was removed. So he was pretty sure that there was a hard cap of 6,000 as we're slowly going over 6,000. Yeah, I mean, you know, another one out there. How about build a better game? Uh, you, you know, once again, this is not an unknown situation. Okay, this comes down to we know what we're getting ourselves into when we decide to bring as many possible pilots as possible in the types of ships that we do with all the drone and fighter action and everything else out there. Um, this is a byproduct of our actions in conjunction with technical limitations. I mean, both sides, the, the reason this happened the way it did is both sides knew it was relatively safe for their supers. And also both sides knew that it was, I mean, they both want to flex to see what they can actually do. There hasn't been a big super cap fight in a long time. No one's really needed to do it. A lot of these super pilots are bored and they want to see a little bit of action. So they both throw themselves out there. The Imperium side knows that they're not going to die. The PL side knows that they're not going to take like super heavy losses. NC knows that there's no way anyone's chewing through 218 of their Titans uh, before downtime. So it's it's pretty safe. People are just having a, a good old time. I think the best story is that <laughs> you could say what you want about all the supers that are on field. The fight like the reason the fight is still going on is because of like a hundred jackdaws or something. The jackdaws <laughs> are the only thing that paused it in time because the fighters couldn't get there in time. They couldn't get boosted in time. Uh, just, yeah. just the story of the little jackdaws that could. There's Hero also jackdaws. there's also a big chunk of um, there's also a big chunk of initiative ravens out there. About 140, 150 ravens that have been plinking away at it as well, and that's uh, that's one of the other issues. Well, let's yeah, explain well, that because I, I think that's actually really cool. That, that, this is when these stories come alive. Like, can you back us up and tell us like how they save the day? All right. So um, if you're not familiar with that, I'm sure you guys have uh, just discussed how the mechanics work. But basically, if the Citadel is not being shot, it'll repair itself. And by virtue of how it repairs itself, it feels like it repairs itself in super fast speed because of the time dilation that's affecting all the other pilots. Um, so the attacking forces put their fighters out about an hour before um, they needed to attack. But because the system is in time dilation and everything moves that much slower, little fighters couldn't make it um, the 1,000 kilometers or however it is to apply damage to pause the repairing. So what they did is uh, jackdaws, which are destroyers that you know don't have a very high uh, skill limit or anything. They're very cheap. They came in and started shooting the actual uh, Keepstar keep it from uh, repairing itself so it paused the repair cycle and it's i think there were actually i don't even think there were 100 jackdaws i think it was closer to like 50 or 70 um but they didn't die fast enough and they bought the uh time for the fighters to get there and the material fleet came in which is like the big battleships uh from the imperium side they came in and started applying damage and uh just paused the keep star yeah, just so for anyone that doesn't understand, basically if there's if there's not a specific amount of damage being applied to the Keepstar, it will continue to repair in, in real time. So in 15 minutes of, you know, real time, and the Keepstar repairs in real time, you have to apply what I think is about 10,000 uh, damage per second uh, worth of damage to that Keepstar to, to get it to pause, to get it to stop. 
And with the fighters where they were, there, there was no way that they could do that. So the Jackdaws had to be the heroes and get that initial pause so that everything else could have a chance to catch up and get there to, to keep that timer paused. So I'm not totally sure, but I think the initial plan for the Imperium side was they knew that this was going to happen. They were going to take their fighters that long. So they planned to use the MJD destroyers to move the fighters for them. Um, the MJD destroyers, uh, they create a little sphere around you and then uh, move you 100 kilometers in the direction that they're pointing. So if they just got five of them to do it, it would move it 500 kilometers and then they'd be on the keep star. Unfortunately, in heavy tie-dye and also heavy lag, can't really count on the uh, MJD command destroyers to work. Um, so I don't know if they tried it and failed or if they just said, you know what, screw it. We're going to throw the jackdaws in there because who cares if the jackdaw dies? Yeah, yeah no, I'm told they uh, tried. Yeah, we had been talking about the bushing for a few days and it just, yeah, it just didn't work very well. Yeah, it's something you really have to practice with your pilots to get it right. Like, because you have to orbit in exact ways and it's just really tricky to make it work. Well, and all, we couldn't get all our fighters out at the same time. So it, the fighter launching was spread out over like an hour. So bushing wasn't really effective. Yeah, exactly. That would so, uh, make sense. So we have a little update on numbers. We have uh, at least 4,100, uh, more than 4,100 pilots on there uh, in this battle. And uh, it has uh, 490 scorpions. Uh, that's the biggest group of ship scorpions or battleships and they're proficient at ECM, which is electronic countermeasures. So they're very frustrating ships because they break your target locks without a target lock. You cannot do damage. Uh, we have 380 Nixes and 340 Thanatos and, uh, the Nixes are super carriers and the Thanatos are the little brother, uh, version of the Nix, the, uh, carriers. I assume that's on one side or both sides, I should say. Uh, that's in both sides, but that's just the majority of what's out there. Um, they're also, um, there's 100, 160 neon, aeons. Uh, and as far as Titans go, the avatars have 82 and there's 25 Erebuses as well. And there's a vanquisher out there. Someone's in a vanquisher. And I think that's probably killer B the, uh, one of the head FCs for Northern coalition. Uh, Vanquisher, for those who don't know, is a faction battleships, ultra rare, super expensive. There's very few of them in the game, uh, so it's a very big uh, risk to faction ride out titan. on that kind of horse. Sorry, that is a faction titan, you're right. So basically a titan that's worth about four other titans, roughly. Yeah, uh, the disconnects carry on. I think people are still trying to get back in. Local does seem to be dropping. Uh, we don't know if that's people getting kicked a, a, out of the game because of technological issues or if they're getting blasted out of the game and having to reship. Oh, I finally got back in, but it's like a black screen. I can see the fighters in local. I just can't do nothing with it. Oh, we're also joined by CCP Wonderboy currently. Uh, are you able to talk? Hey there. Just uh, want to say, uh, fun niggers. <laughs> Who put him on? I thought uh, it was. Don't, don't put any CCPers on here without, uh, Batting him first. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who that is. I don't know what happened, but I can't hear out of my left ear anymore. So that what fucking douchebag yeah. was that? All wow. right, it's all right, it's all right. We'll keep going. You're so good at this. That literally woke me up. Uh, I, I didn't drag him in. I didn't drag him in oh, here. No, I, uh, I did because he pinged me, and I thought it was. Uh, it's okay. I thought I had gotten a... confirmation it was somebody was supposed to be here. It happens. We have Falcon in here uh, anyway, so he can cover the CCP side of things. <laughs> Is that a friend of yours, Falcon? 
that's like that's like coffee for those of us who've been up for a while doing this. I feel like that's that guy in like public broadcasting who just phones up the, the guy and says something really obnoxious. I Probably. love those videos. There's lots of those. <laughs> something just hideously inappropriate. But but it's a great sign that you've reached the level where people feel the need to come troll you, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what in the heck he even said. All I heard was a bunch of squealing and overmodulation. Uh, I, I was going to say, when you get too loud and nobody can understand what you're saying, you really didn't do your good job as you know, Baba Booey. Yeah, uh, I think I translated that it was Fuddruckers, he said. I don't know. Let's get uh, you, back you, to the... You all heard it. Let's, let's get back to the content here. The uh, We have Falcon, right? Because I heard you snickering. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here, man. I hope that woke <laughs> you up. Can you tell us what's going on on the CCP side of things? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, things are still looking pretty stable. I'm actually just checking right now. Um, there's, uh, yeah, I, I've seen, a, I just uh, took a quick look in the, in the channel we've got internally for coordination, and there's a super interesting CPU graph that I'll probably try and get into a devlog. It's uh, basically, uh, I can give you a, a description of it. It starts to climb at 7 p.m., and then by 9 p.m., it's basically wedged at 100%. Um, so yeah, TQ is working pretty hard. <laughs> I saw the uh, art department hard at work. Uh, they drew some RAMs on top of server blades, you know, just add in some extra RAM. Sounds now, about now, right. Falcon, how many people normally, uh, normally are working the late shift, uh, in the server room this time of night, uh, compared to, compared to today? Well, generally, um, TQ does its own thing um we actually don't have to watch it overnight um it doesn't need to be babysat usually um but we always have a couple of the guys from ops who are all, from operations team who are always on call um so we have a couple of guys who run call in case there's a no death in case there's high load in case there are problems uh you know with tq with one of the sol nodes that holds a solar system like the like the, the machine that's running um the machine that's running uh, nine tac four right now, and then of course there's, there's other hardware as well that runs our infrastructure, our login layer, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot to keep an eye on, but generally TQ actually watches itself, and then if a problem arises, uh, then it, it alerts people, um, and then we can we can get one of the guys called in. Um, and generally I'm always uh, on call too, so that I can let you guys know what the deal is. Um, if the shit does hit the fan, and we do need to actually send some messaging out. We're hearing reports that the bombers uh, aren't able to uh, work as well as they should normally. Of course, there's going to be problems, but uh, do you, have you been hearing anything like that or guns not able to reload? Yeah, we can't launch like more fighters. Like Our guys are reporting they can't undock and they can't launch fighters for quite some time now. Yeah, uh, launching fighters once they're dead uh, doesn't happen anymore. And uh, the bombs, when you launch them, um, they just continuously fly and never uh, explode. That's a that's a fun thing, but that's something that's always happened in like these very heavy, uh, laggy situations. Yeah, as right. far as I'm aware, that's known internally basically as uh, dogma latency, um, and that's like uh, when you get beyond 10% tide, either certain calls that the that the server prioritizes over others, um, and this means that like uh, some stuff gets mixed, uh, missed, some calls get missed, um, basically the less critical ones. Um, so yeah, I mean that's. While it's not ideal when you get to sort of a really, really heavy level of tie-dye, then you're going to be in a position where some stuff does get missed. Yeah, like I think it's more likely, if anything, 
you know, saves the keep. It's going to be tie-dye, but that's just how it works. Yeah, more yeah. or less. Um, that's why, like, attacking these things, it's you have to come up with really weird strategies that might not actually work and makes no sense sometimes. Like, oh, why don't you just do this? Well, that's not going to work because these things won't explode. These bursts don't work anymore, etc. Uh, so it really puts the, the theory crafters and fleet designers on their toes to come up with fun ways to kill these things. Yeah, it, it should be noted uh, at the current time, if you're watching the main uh, the viewing point here, uh, it does seem like uh, there is a slow progression of orange clearance around the top side of the Keepstar, or like the top half of the Keepstar, I guess you could say. It seems like they are making progress in terms of clearing uh, fighters off of the Keepstar, from what I can see. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate to the field but from what i can view in this uh, small screen here it definitely looks like uh, progress is being made yeah we've done some very very scientific work with a stopwatch and looking at the little bars as they move uh, <laughs> okay and determined scientifically that it's probably gonna live um but you know it, it, it's anyone's game really uh it's probably gonna live boat, because boat was doing the same right measuring measuring a, a single percentage of the structure um i think that It'd be interesting to do it again if anyone's logged in to see how how long it's taking to to drop a single percentage. But for eight a, minutes, for a time. yeah, it's About slowing two. down. It's eight minutes now. It's slowed down a little bit. Yeah, that 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 fits. And it, it's going to keep slowing because we can't get more out. Yeah, hey, look, I'm back to the character selection screen again. And it was it, at two hours ago when it was at its peak. It was for sure going to die. Like it was going to die uh, four Very hours quick. before downtime. But now it's kind of hit that stalled out and. Uh, the Titans from NC are finally loading and clearing a lot of things out. And also, basically, all of the fighters um, from the entire, uh, on your screen, orange side, have were just our anti-fighter fit. So they're finally clearing out a critical mass of the DPS. And I know the, the battleships from the uh, Imperium side are, have been slowly but surely dying and moving out. And I think they're almost all warped off by now, or most of them are. In a battle like this, it's hard to get back in. So even if you have another ship to grab and to jump back in, it's hard just to get back on the field. And then you get to the point because the, the battle has gone on for so long, you have to start looking at time zones and stuff like that. So a lot of the Europeans that started the fight earlier today, people who stayed up till like 10 o'clock their time to start it, it's now getting to 2 or 3 in the morning for them. Uh, and they want to leave. And then the Americans that are getting off work are saying, well, let me, let me get in the fight. I know we had people sitting on a Titan ready to come in for like two hours almost. They're like, can we come in yet? And I was like, do you want to come in? I don't I don't think you actually want to come in, but sure, come on in. And it's kind of difficult to get them in. I don't think they've even loaded grid now. And we started that uh, little rally train at about 6 p.m. I thought. Yeah, from what I can see right now, though, there's almost no... Um... Imperium support ships left within range of uh, the Keepstar. Um, is is that correct uh, in terms of what you're seeing on the field right now? Uh, yeah, that as far as when I first came on here, I, I muted everything. But uh, at that point, yeah, the materials had warped off. The um, the Ravens were still taking pot shots, um, but they hadn't turned or anything. Uh, they couldn't, you know, really maneuver their fleet, the initiative fleet. They're just slowly burning in that one direction. Um, is that within range of the uh, long-range Titan guns? Um, I don't know, actually. I assume so, yeah. It should be. Actually, I can probably check Z-Kill, and I assume they'll be dying if they are. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, Max are dying before even our missiles can hit them on the PL side. Uh, we are shooting 
uh, five oh, did you guys at once. Did, did you guys bring Ravens to a uh, tie dye fight? That yes. Was... We had we had a, a magnet- come on man yeah. learn from that learn works. from the big bros. NC Dot showed you the power of the rock. We had a magnificent plan that we were gonna was gonna work, but it, uh, we didn't get the opportunity to do it. So we're just sitting here shooting battleships, one gun or one launcher on each battleship. So makes sense, I guess. Still, though, I, I do like the story of the, the little jackdaws that basically started this whole fight. You know, you have both these sides with hundreds of capital ships, and it just came down to jackdaws. The only reason it's still on, and uh, it's just, just all sorts of ridiculous. And also for those, uh, like, I don't know, if people are watching that aren't used to watching EVE, like, this is by no means what's normal. <laughs> And this is definitely not the interesting part of the fight. What's going to happen after this fight is well over is uh, the blue side's going to attack this again and hope that there are decreasing numbers on each fight. And, you know, they're just going to try and make space. This is giant, basically just uh, a giant, like, just a little bait thing that people hit. They don't really have an intent to kill it. Obviously, if they have the ability to, they'll, they'll take it. But the goal isn't necessarily to kill the thing. It's to create a fight here. Um, create a diversion, go shoot something else somewhere else. Um, that sort of thing. Like these big fights aren't necessarily just uh, a tactic to kill the thing they're after. It's very much more often uh, a diversion or a way to build up uh, morale for your side. Do you have any idea what the diversion is for? Um, initially, it was so that the, the Taffy pilots could shoot the, the NC Keep Stars or the uh, NC Fortizars. Um, but, you know, they just keep hitting it over and over and over again. It's advantageous for both of these sides, that is the Horde side and the Goon side, to fight in Cloud Ring because it's, you know, very close to where they are. It's not actually on their home soil, so Goon pilots can still, uh, you know, mine, they can still rat, they can still make those dank ticks. Uh, horde pilots can still derp around doing Horde things, and they can all have fun in this little neutral zone of Cloud Ring. So both of these guys want the fight to stay in Cloud Ring. And, uh, you know, that seems to be what, uh, what's going on here. I know Providence, who is not related to any of this, took advantage of this, called a huge CTA, and took back almost all of the things they lost to PL in northern uh, Providence during this fight. Um, they didn't, it wasn't a plan. It's not like Goon said, hey, Providence, we'll start this fight and you can take your stuff back. Just said they just saw their moment and they, they took it. We have yeah, someone it was, from uh, Providence here. This is a Brohamo from uh, Severance. Go ahead. Yeah, um, like Elise was saying, we uh, formed a pretty big CTA because uh, we knew this distraction in the north would be uh, quite helpful for us, and uh, we were able to toast a lot of shit, and we were able to bash some structures and whatsoever, and uh, we kind of looked at this as an opportunity um, to better ourselves and to put ourselves in a better position in the, the Sov game. And uh, it worked out pretty good. So uh, thanks, Imperium, and uh, everybody else. Yeah, the only uh, the only PL I have has been killed in in uh, Providence. <laughs> good stuff from Pravi boys. All eleven carriers are dead, right? Yeah, they're all deployed here, so they can't. You know, there. I thought that was a really funny meme actually because that was like almost identical to the meme you guys used in thirty seven S, right? The you know, it's just eleven carriers, or it was just eight in that fight, but. Uh... But it is a distraction or something that I was wondering if you would say if y'all figured it out or not. But 
I guess not. So you uh, tell you, us you, what you, what you is you the tell us Not so. yet, not yet. We're not ready. All right, we'll assume there's See, something it's, there. It's all calculated. You heard it from the goon. It's it's all calculated. <laughs> yeah, right. They didn't want to kill the Keepstar. They just want to create a diversion. Oh, we definitely want to kill the Keepstar if we can, but there, it's definitely a diversion or something else we're doing. Yeah, this is a diversion for something else. And I actually told Sort at the summit. All right, well, uh, we'll know in the coming days if something uh, actually happened while this fight was going on. I think uh, Dirk and I were joking that this was all a ruse to get a keep... Uh, to get a Fortizar down in uh, Hakonin. Uh, no. <laughs> it's way deeper than that. You guys could go to Hakonin oh, it's again. That way was way deeper fun. than that. Okay. I I'm actually kind of curious now. Uh, like, I can't tell if you're like just like memeing away. Or... That's the but, beauty, uh... right? <laughs> okay, so then you are memeing. <laughs> I guess we're going to find out. Uh, I guess we But will. I did tell a story. All right, well, do you have... Uh... Yeah, so people are saying it's the Palpatine or whatever that's uh, being put down. <laughs> that would be retarded. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to drop a Palpatine. That shit is retarded. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, there is a keep star, uh, a singular keep star, in theory, that can be built, but would take just about everything you had in the game combined. Uh, and that would be the keep star to rule them all. Uh, no one's capable of building it at present, but in the future, somebody might be able to, some group might be able to. I mean, I would rather put a hundred keep stars in a single system than build that thing. There's a pretty dope Ponzi scheme to try and get some guy to get all the materials to drop it. And I, I don't, I saw it on the EVE online forums. I am, uh, uh, yeah, the second you drop that thing, though, you just like light the biggest bullseye in the world on your ass because everyone wants that kill mail. And so, here, well, and then you end up with this, this, but more probably, right? Um, I am going to link a, uh, a link in the uh, Twitch chat, which is an image from Urbacher. Thank you very much, Urbacher, um, of the Titans that are positioned between the two uprights of that Keepstar. Uh, people keep saying my ears. If somebody is too loud, write the name of the person that is too loud so we can make an adjustment. Uh, Twitch chat is saying that I chirped. I don't know. I might have a bird in here or something. You got like a squeaking or something. I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to have it. Surprise you guys can't hear my cat. He's gone fucking crazy. It's somebody's mic when they key up, there's like a loud high pitched squeak. Does anybody have an update on what the uh keepstar structure is at? Oh we'll get that. Hey, Life Shifter, are you able to tell or are you too far away? We got it. It's at, yeah, 59% so the report we got. Well, if you're at 59%, then I don't think you're going to make it to downtime because we've only been going for about three hours, and that's 40%. So in theory, the tie-dye is not going to get worse. It's probably going to get better. So that means in uh, yeah, exactly. So what you know, kind of what I'm saying is that that keeps her well forty percent for three hours. That means four and a half more hours, and she's dead in theory. That's no worries near downtime. Uh, but we did hear that uh, at least at least was saying that the damage may be mitigated and become slower and slower if NC starts to get a footing on destroying uh, the DPS coming in from the set, the blue team, the Imperium. Yeah, that's absolutely a, a possibility. 
Um, it, it's also just as likely that uh, if you look at uh, the stream of approaching heavy fighters, that they're going to come in and there'll be some big waves of damage. will push her right, uh, push the speed of reinf- or speed of killing up uh, quite heavily. So it's going to come hard to get more out. That's all it is. Like we can't launch right now, but if in thirty minutes we can, then it might die. I don't know about that one, man. Like, because uh, how long would it take those fighters to get there? For you know, it, it's almost a two-hour ride up there, right? Oh, okay, for sure. I'm assuming that we're not going to lose so much DPS that we can't at least get some more over there. Yeah. Uh, this really still is up in the air. It's the uh, largest fight that we've seen. I'll give it an introduction to people who've joined the stream. Uh, a lot of uh, U.S. Uh, West Coast are just getting home. Uh, some East Coast. So if you're just joining us, this is live coverage of the battle at 9TAC for RP2. This is a Keepstar final timer that belongs to Horde. Horde is a group that is a part of the Northern forces there. They're allied with Northern Coalition, Pandemic Legion, uh, Darkness, and uh, Mercenary Coalition for the most part. It is being assailed by the blue team there, and that is the Imperium uh, so the Imperium has attacked, uh, is trying to destroy that. It looks like it is anybody's game right now with a little bit of momentum, uh, maybe not momentum, but a little bit of advantage to the Imperium, the attacking forces. Oh, I see why the fighter loss mills are so low. The, the Ezekiel BR report is starting to uh, reach the maximum three hours of its timeline. So it's now multiple battle reports. Somebody said we need some NFL announcers to liven things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it would be really great to do a fast-paced play-by-play because we actually have some, you know, people here like Elise and whatnot who are used to doing that in the Alliance tournament. But uh, I'm just not sure how kind of fast-paced play-by-play you could do this right now. Oh, and if you look at it right now, we've got fighter number 22 <laughs> coming up from the south. He's moving at approximately 3,000 meters per second divided by 10% divided by yeah. another 10%. Yeah. He's moving pretty slow, guys. He's coming up. He's coming up. He's got approximately 29 more minutes to go. He went to college at Oklahoma. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> what that was fucking that, horrible. I'm sorry. One of the things that uh, you're looking for here are two things. One is how much damage is being applied to that structure... Uh, when it gets to zero, it blows up. It is currently at 59%, and that's how that's down from 100% uh, two and a half hours ago. Was that right? Or uh, three hours ago. It started at 2.30, uh, my time, local time. Uh, so that looks like it may actually happen unless damage is stopped that is coming in. If damage is stopped or slowed down to a certain amount, the invulnerability timer will reach zero. It is now at eight minutes, I believe. And if it reaches zero, however damaged that structure is, it goes into an invulnerability cycle and the structure is saved. So, so there's two things. a uh, Defender Avatar uh, warping into the, uh, the Keepstar. Yeah, that's from the uh, the group of Titans that warped in about, uh, or that jumped in about an hour and a half, two hours ago. So I reconnect. Uh, so we are looking to see, first of all, how much damage is being applied if the if the defensive ticker starts to go down. That means not enough damage is being applied. And we're also looking to see how much uh, structure is left on that citadel. I had yes. one real quick question uh, as I throw out. Um, so you guys were talking about it, uh, that they're going to possibly slow the damage down on this thing uh, throughout later in the fight. But isn't there enough DPS? Because against citadels, there's a damage cap that if you go over that, you don't uh, bring it down any faster. But even if they reduce some of the damage, isn't there enough damage on Imperium's side to keep up at that damage cap? I mean, there might be, but there there might not be as well because I know that's really deep that I'm talking right now. 
Um, but a lot of the <laughs> subcaps that applied the at initial damage deposit, they're either dead or they're warped off grid. And it's not trivial to get them back on grid to start putting that damage again. Uh, you have to think like an hour ahead of time. So if these guys aren't trying to get subcaps on the field now, uh, it could be that the, the pause between the fighter waves is enough for this thing to repair. And to the pilots um, that are fighting, the Citadel will repair at super speed. <laughs> so uh, you don't really have a big window here to, to keep the damage on. Yeah, and it's it's not so much about it's not so much about maintaining DPS cap. It's about out you know applying a minimum amount of damage that outpaces the repair amount of it. Otherwise, it then starts repairing again, and then you, you you're down to that whatever's left of the 15 minute timer. Okay, I'd like to do a round of introductions again for people who are wondering who these voices belong to. I'll point out certain voices. Um, we're talking with Elise Randolph from Pandemic Legion. We're talking about we're talking to Vili from Test. He's a former Imperium uh, fleet commander. He's been, both have been through many many battles. This is again a new new a new systems these structures relatively new the last two years. Uh, so this battle has changed in nature, but they are veterans of this kind of warfare, having served for many, many years. We also have from CCP, CCP Falcon, who's helping us, uh, informing us on how the uh, the health of the game is going while we see this giant fight actually happen. And we have Aerith from the Imperium, one of the leaders, notably from their financial cabal, uh, one of their long-range planners. Uh, with me, I am Matterall, uh, host of Talking in Stations podcast, and I have Dirk McGurk with me. And running the stream is LifeShifter, head of INN Streaming. So, thanks. We had this stream get up to 11,000 people at one point. Uh, and we have people coming home uh, and turning it on, and we have some people who are going to bed in Europe because uh, it's getting very late over there. And I can take a quick second to go and do some shout-outs for some of our new subscribers. Sure. Uh, we've got Lateral Prawn, Solfran, Elkatar, Konov, The Way of the Gun, Scooter McCabe, Sarthus, Light Demon, Torque, Degenerus, Degen... I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> There's a few of these I'm like, uh... Thank you guys all for the new subs and everything. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. And Accelerated, also with a brand new Twitch sub. Twitch Prime sub. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank guys. We're we we doing our best to give uh, balanced coverage from the most experienced people we can find. A lot of experienced people are actually in this fight. Uh, so these are people that are just as experienced in the fight and also uh, people who have good, uh, good ability to communicate, unlike me just now, uh, on what is actually happening there. I mean, it's hard, talk in, it's hard to talk and be interesting for, for a fight like this. Uh, I know. What we need to do is really um, talk about, there's a couple things that we can do and I think should be done. One is talk about the context of the fight, the history of how it actually happened, but also talk about fundamental concepts that uh, people who are just interested in EVE or just starting uh, might want to understand. When we get too deep into jargon, uh, which which boat does very well, but it's great for veteran players, not great for medium or new players. I think my my favorite part of the entire fight, um, and it's probably the most quintessential E fight, was before the fight even happened. Uh, there was a spy from the uh, PL and NC side 
that little Sino in the fleet for the, uh, the Imperium super pilots as they were moving around. And some people who just weren't paying attention or were doing something else, they just jumped to the Sino blindly and ended up on the Keepstar belonging to Horde uh, into bubbles and stuff. And that's sort of, I mean, it didn't kick the fight off or it didn't start it, but that was how the fight started for all of this. It just four guys who just weren't paying attention, jumped their super expensive uh, super carriers in and uh, immediately got clobbered. And I think at the time we were saying, ha, huh, what, what idiots, they, they died. But now I'm thinking they might have been the real winners here because they don't have to sit through the rest of the fight. <laughs> and that happened really early on. I mean, there were still only about 15 or 1,800 people in system at that point too. Yeah, that's when uh, PL first started entering system. Uh, NC was already in. Uh, they're much faster and better than us, so they're already in. And uh, we were killing the, the, the Nixes. Well, I think that trap was set by a, a disgruntled uh, court member of a snuff corp. Uh, he was uh, probably booted, and he still had somebody in there. So it was revenge. Yeah, there's definitely been a couple of little reports like that back and forth on uh, on that one. Most of them are pretty similar. It's It was a spy in the end, but the, uh, the story up to it has been kind of mixed. Well, they can prepare for shield supers, and someday shield slaves. Oh, guys, uh, it's, it Looks is like unpaused. It's repairing. Yeah, it is repairing currently. It's ticking down. Oh, that's, oh, that's what I was talking about. Now this is repairing super fast, and if the, uh, the blue side didn't come up with a plan to deal with this about half an hour ago, they're going to be SOL, and this thing's going to be saved. Yeah, there's no wow. way they can get them there that quick. Yeah. There is a brand new batch of uh, fighters coming up, but I'm not sure how far they are away from this angle. So what? I mean, basically, uh, like at at this point, I I think if they want to keep it paused, they basically have to sue it. Like I don't want to say suicide, but they have to send in some subcaps right now to get damage and get that thing paused right away. But I don't think we get them on grid fast enough. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. seven are, minutes. Are your max fleets not even uh, on grid anymore? No. Yeah, they would they would have to be in warp already. I think. I, I agree with that. If they're not in warp already, I think the thing is totally safe. Yeah, because I mean, we wow. can't even, you can't even launch drones or nothing. And that's like when I got logged back in, all the modules and stuff go offline. I mean, you, you just can't, you're not going to be able to do anything. Like, none of our, like, destroyers have undocked for two hours. They said they can't get undocked. So I don't see any way we can get DPS on it. All right. So a turn of events, very dramatic here. Once that thing starts ticking away to invulnerability status, doesn't matter how damaged it is, it will be invulnerable and saved. And that timer was held off for hours at about, a little over eight minutes. It is now under eight minutes, so it is ticking down. The question is, do the Blues, do the Imperium have enough damage on the field to shut that timer off again? I don't see how. Like, I don't think we can get damage to the field quick enough in tie-dye. And there's yeah, still I reports. mean, it depends. as we were talking about before, like, you have to plan these things well in advance. So if about an hour ago they were saying, well... We're losing all of our fighters right now. Do we want to make the call to bring the subcaps back in? They would have had to start that, uh, you know, that that conversation at least about at least half an hour ago, probably an hour ago, uh, before getting things in motion. Like Aerith was mentioning, if they're not already in warp, I don't think they're going to make it in time. Um, but you know, that could also be part of the plan as well. It could just be like, hey, we've hemorrhaged so much. The game mechanics aren't letting us do what our initial game plan was. Let's scrap it. We'll do it again in a week, and we'll have more information and you know be better prepared for it. We'll have to yeah. figure out some way to reliably launch fighters. I'm I'm not sure if we have a way yet. Slowly at the expense of CCP at this point. Well, I, I think a... honestly, if you guys would have been had your fighters on the Keepstar as it was just coming out of 
uh, repair time. Like, th those hero jackdaws, like, just, you know, s saved the day initially, right? But um, the reality is, like, when, when I saw the where the fighters were as it came out of uh, reinforced mode, I, I was very much like, this isn't going to happen. There's no way, you know, those fighters are going to be able to make it up there. And even now, you know, two hours into the battle, there's still a large, large, large contingent of fighters that just haven't managed to traverse the distance to, to get up there. And I think if you're ever in a position like this, you just have to be so ahead of the game and so ahead of the ball that you basically have to have that thing surrounded by the fighters almost three hours before the timer, which is horrible because, well, like moving, I should say, probably towards the thing three hours before. But uh, so that they roughly start getting exactly in range as it comes out. Yeah, I mean, not something you want to do. Honestly, I think you just need some dreads to be strategically placed around it. I mean, they're going to die. Oh, yeah. Suicide dreads but... would have been obviously a, uh, a definitely workable solution. Because just one dread will keep it paused, uh, which is long enough. So you just have, let's say, 20 dreads sinoing at different like cardinal positions around it uh, at different times. And it'll just stay paused as the fighters keep going. But, you know, you know I mean, I that is right. If you can't put fighters out, uh, you you need dreads to do your damage. Like that's that's the only thing. Yeah, like I would I'm say. Surprised that they that they have seventy five percent of our DPS is now. But we can try it next time. Go next ahead. time, what about right now? How are we gonna get them there? Like it's gonna repair. Yeah, yeah I don't. It's gonna I don't. be repaired. Yeah, <laughs> and any like dread, <laughs> any dreads that jumped in right now would never load in time to. Uh... Basically, so, you would have to be jumping each new dread in before the previous dread is even dead kind of thing at least this is some at least this is something you predicted that uh, nc was wearing down the damage and now the ticker has started again can you just review what's happened in the last few minutes that's ch changed the nature of this fight all right so uh, a little while ago about two hours ago nc made the call to bring in titans um to start killing off the subcaps or at least from the imperium side or at least get them to reposition themselves and they focused on killing jackdaws and macarials. The subcap fleets focused on the jackdaws, um, the uh, titans focused on macarials, and that forced both those fleets to either die or warp off to reposition. Uh, while this was happening, all of the super carriers and the carriers have been putting out um, their, their little uh, fighters that kill other fighters, basically. And so as these Imperium, these blue fighters, go to apply all the damage to this Keepstar, which is a great tactic when there's not a a awful lot of tie-dye. Um, they just get slowly, slowly, slowly chipped away. And as Aerith has pointed out from the attacker side, they can't put out any more because of the just there's just so much stuff going on right now. So over the course of the hours that have been gone by, that's really only been about 30 minutes, the uh, the orange side, the defenders, were able to whittle away enough DPS to you know keep the cap from being hit. And when a cap is not hit, or rather when the minimum threshold isn't hit. For damage on this little keep star it repairs and as it repairs um, by the nature of how the game works it repairs in real time while the rest of the pilots are time dilated so they're going 10% uh, their normal speed uh, and so for the, from their perspective the keep star is getting repaired in super fast hyper time uh, as you can see it's gonna be repaired in one minute so even if the attackers decide right now we're gonna put everything we have on this there's no way they'll even be able to lock the thing before it's completely repaired. Yeah, and so from our perspective, our battle plan was, okay, we knew some fighters would go there and they would die, and you would just keep launching more uh, to replace the ones that died, but that doesn't work if they can't launch. And then, so not only do we not uh, have all the ones we had in the supercarriers die, we never even had an opportunity to reload. So 
you know, pre-staging fighters doesn't really matter in this level of tie-dye. So you either need less people in system to where this tactic will work, or, you know, to Vili's point earlier, we would have to maybe have them all right on the keep right away, um, and I'm not even sure that would have worked in this tie-dye. Yeah, yeah so it's tricky to say. Like, uh, obviously, the, the, the easy answer is, you know, a hard commit would have absolutely done it, but nobody's going to go with a hard commit putting supers and titans no. in range of a... Uh, one never going to like, well, it, I <laughs> never say never, but uh, put, putting your Titans and Super Carrier uh, assets in, um, what, what, what effectively I'm going to say is putting your Super Capital assets in range of the enemy's high ground, let's say, is such a tactical misplay and gives such incredible advantage to your enemy uh, that it just makes it extremely difficult to, uh, to see happen. Well, the, yeah, the, like the, if you're willing to like, just push all in, you would want to like somehow bait like in a safe Is Gigax still here? Gigax would do it. He is not here. He had to go to sleep. He's in Europe. Yeah, Gigax would have done it. Well, the thing is, strategically, the the blue side, the Imperium, didn't even really want the, the Keepstar. Obviously, they would have taken it if the opportunity arose, and they made the best of the opportunities that they had with this fight. But, you know, their, their intention isn't to necessarily kill this thing, so they don't really have the incentive to go all in on this thing. There, there's not going to be the, the million-dollar fight. Both can, sides. Can I interrupt you? It, it looks like the timer is done. Yeah, you're not gonna go all in with like twenty trillion so for the shit over a three hundred bill keepstar. No one's gonna do that. That's dumb. Uh, no, no, it's it's, it's it's not about the twenty. You know, the keepstar is only three hundred billion isk. It's it's about the battle in the following, you know, scenarios, right? Like certainly, you know, if you go all in on the keepstar like that, you're going all in to win the super cap fight that's going to proceed from going all in, not to sure. But we're never going to win that if we take it on the keep, probably. Uh, gentlemen, I, I don't know. Here, like, taking it on in the here a second, not... and uh, let me get in here a second and just update the people who are watching. The Keepstar is now safe. Uh, this battle to destroy that Keepstar, uh, the Northern Powers have defended it successfully. It is now safe, and uh, now uh, it's a matter of uh, extracting your forces for the next round later on. Is it uh, vulnerable or secure? It's secure, it's secure. currently for four. Uh, four days, 23 hours, so Saturday it comes out again. Ooh, boys and girls. I hear that we're having a fun evening tonight. Oh, day, welcome Matani, who is the leader of the Imperium. That is the blue side on the screen. How's it going, Matani? Uh, pretty good. We're a little bit disappointed about not being able to reload any of our fighters, which was sort of our entire plan. We had all of our logistics guys here with uh, thousands of fighters bought up, uh, ready to just send wave after wave, and... Uh, they just wouldn't load to the tie-dye, I guess, or something. So, welp. We heard you were in there fighting yourself. Oh, yeah. No, it was fun for the first while, running around and uh, having fighter-on-fighter -fighter action. The air war. Um, but then, you know, the other guys had a pretty good spread with uh, their scorpions jamming our fighters, which was great, uh, as well as uh, just in general attrition. Uh, we expected to be able to uh, resupply it. We simply couldn't. Uh, it took an hour and a half for my first fighters uh, group to load and another hour for them to actually hit the field uh, in my first uh, resupply tube. And then most of our guys couldn't do it at all. So we lost critical mass of uh, drones, and that was basically that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the first time we've seen uh, a battle of this size with the fighter mechanics the way they are now. So it, it's definitely an interesting uh, new development in terms of how lag works that, you know, fighters 
you know, being reloadable or not being reloadable, I guess, is uh, just a new piece of the puzzle to play for uh, high level games. It's going to make the meta weird, though. We're going to have to figure out, like, how do you kill a keep then from the superpowers? Like, uh, we'll figure something out. If everybody is able, I mean, that is essentially the problem. If everybody gets blobbed up, uh, you know, there's no real way to get around the tie-dye issue. Um, it's curious. I mean, I don't really feel too bad about it. I would have felt a lot worse if we didn't have a huge fucking brawl today. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that we all got to have a big slap fight and blow up a lot of spaceships. Uh, it does remind me of an old battle of ours back during the Halloween War in 2013, uh, where we dropped like 700 dreadnoughts on uh, Pandemic Legion and NC Dot. And that fight, tie-dye meant that dreads didn't work at all, but titans did, and we lost 700 dreads. Not because we used them poorly, it's just that the server's dice roll said nothing would happen. So yeah. We lost 580. 580. I remember because... I was responsible for that in the end, I guess. So. Okay, you're fourth best now. Yeah. Okay, sure. I, mean, uh, I, I was also the guy that made the call not to drop the supers in when we realized the dreads weren't loading. Ended so, up working a week later, though. So maybe that'll happen on this one, too. That's true. It did flip kind of on you guys a little bit and a week later. So it happens, but now we just got to figure another tactic. Like, it's not going to be fighter. Well, well generally, when you have two fleets of this size in this proximity, that is the recipe for chaos battle and disaster uh, in some way or another right the the reason these these fights are so rare is when fleets uh, you know generally you know e-fleets are just fleets in being they're, they're not used so much as their presence is just felt without even needing to be used but now you've got two massive armadas uh, that are within 12 au uh, 12 light years of each other uh, it just creates this incredible possibility for conflict uh, at any moment kind of thing. And really the fun thing is uh, this fight, uh, no matter if you had fun or not on it, the, the fun part is going to be the, the next week or so where there's going to be a lot of skirmishes around this thing. Um, there's going to be groups of like 12 to 50 dudes uh, just fighting and trying to get control over the system at times so they can uh, do different strategic things. And, you know, eventually it's going to build up to something this big again or a little bit smaller. But a lot of the pilots are going to have most of their fun in the build-up to these fights rather than the fights themselves. Yeah, we're, strategically speaking, I don't know why most of our enemies convinced themselves that we were invading the North. Uh, we said on the meta show the other day that uh, Asher had written a post talking about exactly what we're doing. We got bored and we wanted to test what we could do on a Keepstar because nobody's killed one before. And this one is a strategic dangler. It's sort of hanging out uh, to the South, so it's relatively easy for us to go after it. Um, yeah, but... it's it's a really fun place as well because it's it's not in your backyard. It's close by. It's not in Horde's backyard. It's close by for them. So it's advantageous to flight in this little cloud ring area. Uh, it's always been kind of a little fun fun idea that big alliances have had to, to you know just have big fights over this essentially poor area of space that has nothing to offer, um, just because you know it's, it's no one's actual backyard and you can. You can still have your line members making money and not being interfered day to day while still having uh, fun every few hours. Well, I suppose, by the way that this goes, the uh, North can pat themselves on the back for preventing an invasion uh, and also not turning Eve into serenity. I saw that was what the propaganda was, that uh, we were going to be attacking the entirety of the Northwest and this was where we were going to be stopped or else. Well, to, to be fair, I actually thought you 
for quite a while here. I thought you guys kind of had it. Uh, I didn't realize the fighter mechanic, uh, the tubes mechanic would would oh yeah no, it, screw you guys as hard as it did. But at, at the early stages there, when it was at eighty seventy percent, it 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 seemed very unlikely that they would be able to uh, prevent you from killing the Keepstar. In which case, this could have went so many different interesting ways with you know the super and Titan fleet sitting there. Well, I mean, if we had killed the Keepstar, basically we would have uh, expected before it was going to go down, uh, our enemies would have withdrawn or used asset safety to make sure that their stuff was safe. Uh, and, you know, some stuff would have blown up, mainly disconnects or random things like uh, the uh, spy lighting the Sino and losing four Nexus. Like, there's definitely going to be a lot of uh, collateral damage around this fight. But if we had killed the Keepstar, I mean, we got it down to like two minutes, two and a half minutes a tick. Uh, but that's really where the fighter resupply issue kicked in, because that first wave took, uh, I think, almost three to three and a half hours of real time. Uh, and that involved also, we used uh, a command destroyer trick uh, that Asher and his crew came up with, uh, where we boosted fighters faster towards the Keepstar to give them a little bit of a head start uh, using command destroyers and an MJD. Uh, but even taking that into account, uh, once that first wave hit, we did a lot of damage. The Keepstar was doing great, uh, but because there was no ability to do any reinforcement or resupply because the game simply wouldn't allow us to do it, um, then it was just going to be a matter of time. I am sympathetic to CCP, though. I mean, this is a huge fucking thing, so they didn't really... Uh, um, you know, I don't think they have any way of knowing what's going to blow up uh, on their system once things start getting hot and heavy. Well, there are very There's few fights... Fight at the scale. Uh, this is the largest fight that Eva's seen. We capped out at over 6,000 players inside the system itself. Uh, this definitely is one for the history books. Now, this yeah. is the good part about Eva is now both sides go back and like, okay, what do we know? What did we learn from this fight? What new tactic can we try to use to overcome you know, some of the problems we've seen? And then we'll theorycraft some things and maybe it'll work next time, maybe it won't, you know, and that's fun. Well, yeah, what's the whole point of fighting here at, at this point? You know, you you draw up the play, and it should work. By all accounts, it should work. Everything that the, the Imperium did should have worked. Pushing the fighters over uh, definitely should have done it. But just the mechanics weren't in their favor on this one, so they'll come up with something that doesn't. They've got some uh, brilliant minds over there. Uh, I know Asher's probably sitting down right now trying to come up with exactly how many dreads he has to put at the exact right angles to, to get them in. <laughs> I mean, I'm worried because we're going to have to mine for three or possibly four hours to replace all this. So. <laughs> I don't know. I want to try Sort's thing. Like, Sort was really on it about this um, at dinners where you put, like, the long-range Titans just in range, and then you have, like, uh, Faxes just out of range of the keep, and you try to kind of do that, you know, keep the, the healers just outside. He he was a proponent of that. It sounds cool, but it sounds a lot more dangerous, too. It sounds like a wow what raid. What are you talking about? Uh, Sword well, was just more commercial, isn't it? Try, yeah, LR Titans, like, just inside of the range. So, like, were... what Triumvirate did to reinforce the yeah. solar keepsters. So, um, let me ask you, there was some uh, conflict, some, I don't know if it's conflict, but uh, some, some things about uh, Pro God Legend releasing a uh, giant uh, rant, I guess, uh, against Yumatani and the organization I, uh, uh, Imperium. That went on to Reddit. It got a lot of views, over a million. That got him called on by uh, Canada. So he did a live interview. Um, and that led Aerith to say that the there was going to be 
repercussions, I guess. And so the question is out there is what's next for Imperium? Oh, well, as everybody knows, we're invading the North. At least that's what I, I read. Uh, no, the joke is uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do next. If Aerith has declared war on test while we're here, uh, certainly pro-god legend showing their hostilities is something that I'll uh, not be too happy with. I mean, it seemed like uh, Tess was going to be helping us out in this fight, and then pro-god legend pops up. And I am getting sick of sort of the song and dance routine of uh, talking to Vili about things and working things out, and then pro-god legend pops up and says, oh, Tess is going to do something else. And you know, it's not really wise to air our dirty laundry here, but obviously Pro God Legend wanted us to uh, have everybody expend as much blood and treasure as they could while he himself was in some other area. Um, and we'll just have to go back to Delve and take stock of our relationships. Uh, you know, consistency and reliability are very important in the Imperium. We have long-term diplomatic relationships, and when people promise they're going to do something and they don't deliver, uh, or God forbid they're false friends, they say they're going to do one thing and then they do another, or they stab you in the back, or they try to get a hate mob going against you. Um, you know, it's just something that we have to take into account. I mean, in the past, um, PL has taken a contract to destroy one of uh, ProGod's actual former alliance we destroyed. Uh, I seem to remember of, paying uh, PL to destroy one of ProGod's former former alliances yeah <laughs> actually i mean that was one of the reasons why pro god doesn't like me is because i hired pl to kill nolly secunda and they did um but i mean I, certainly i think that after what pro god did um it was a little weird to see him hyping this battle as a big like matani related thing because i've been kind of in the background lately uh focused on like personal life stuff uh and pro god like the first paragraph of that was like one big matani rant um, so certainly I'm not going to bend over backwards, like if PL and CDOT decide that they're going to go harvest test, uh, which is sort of what PL's uh, default state is. I'm not going to really be all eager to help out against that. Certainly that has changed. I have my, my delicate feelings are hurt and, you know, I'm going to go cry in a corner. And... Well, this is uh, may spell trouble for Providence because maybe their only hope against PLNC invasion was being supported by test, which was going to happen and the possibility of the Imperium also supporting them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um... You go. Also, I'd probably better take off here, guys. Uh, I need to make sure that we can extract properly. But uh, thanks for having me, and I hope everybody enjoyed the fight as much as CCB would let us. And uh, uh, all, thank you for bringing up uh, the potential strategic implications of Pro-God Legends' little uh, love letter. Well, it, it's not something I want to push, but it was mentioned here, and uh, people keep asking about it, so I thought I'd just get everything out and let you guys handle it. Awesome. Let's see how we handle the fort that was permission given when, like, there wasn't. The I, I have that, no the, doubt the, you believe that, Billy. Right, let me say thank the, you The to, one that's been up for a month. Let me say no, thank you to Matani for being here. I personally dropped Hold on a second, guys. Hold on. Let me just say goodbye to Matani so he can make his exit, and then we can continue to talk for a little bit while we wrap up the show. Thanks again, Matani. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Villa, you go first, and then Harvey. What, what am I going first for? Oh, I don't know. If you had something to say there about the... I, well, I don't know. This thing's been up for a month. I'm like, sure. Which one are you talking about? Romeo, Romeo, Tech. Yeah, no, that's not the one you have permission for. You had, like, a Q one. Like, I've talked to Ron about it. Yes, we had one in Q-Tech U, and we have one in RR Tech. Yeah, the RR Tech, no. 
Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sure that'll get uh, worked out with diplomats or not worked out, uh, and then the military will get involved. Something will happen. But Or, as Asher calls them, the fun police. <laughs> uh, do you want to, like, wrap up? Uh, we are seeing the end of this, and let's just do a quick summary of uh, what happened today. Uh, again, this was live coverage of the NTAC-4 RP-2 Keepstar that belonged to Horde. It was a final timer. The, uh, the final timer ticked away to invulnerability status. It was damaged to uh, 60% around there, but because it hit invulnerability, it is now safe for five days, and that calls this fight off. So the northern forces have defended successfully the Keepstar, and there may be a fight again in the future, but this fight is over, and people are now extracting their forces. Yeah, this will be a nice well, fight. I generally. think it's not a bad result because... You know, if you want to kill a Keepstar, this just kind of proves you can't do it. it. It seems like, you know, it's pretty hard to do it in a, in a sort of semi-committal way, you know, where you're just using the fighters, you know, to remotely do it. You know, it seems like you need more than just trebuchets to uh, capture a castle or destroy a castle, I guess. At this level of population, yeah. Like, if you're doing it with, like, 2,000 dudes, then you're fine. All right, uh, Elise, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who's joined us. Uh, at this point, I am going to leave, but we can have the discussion continue with all these guys. Uh, but want to say thanks to Grath, who uh, came in and helped us out early, and Vili, who's been a star today, showing us what's going on in there and how FCs are thinking. Elise for coming in and uh, uh, cleaning up, basically, at the end of this. I think he predicted the results uh, before it happened, which was really interesting. Uh, and thanks to everybody else, Never Convicted and Harvey, and uh, of course my co-host Dirk McGurk, who is still trying to get in on this fight. Just for the record, I uh, I think I called this before, 20 minutes before it was out, uh, for the wrong reasons, but I called it right. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. And of course, Aerith uh, on Brohamo from uh, Severance in Providence. He filled us in on the Providence taking advantage of this fight up here. While nobody was watching, they conquered their space back uh, pretty quickly. Uh, not all of it, but they're working on it. Enjoy it while it lasts, probably. Yeah, so, I know. It's, uh, it's been good and bittersweet, but uh, we shout out to the Imperium and everybody. So thank you. All right, so awesome. So I'll, thank I'll you guys very much for watching. Uh, we've gotten up to 11,000 viewers. Again, this was the biggest fight Eve has seen. We're glad that you guys uh, came here to watch it with us. I am Matterall from Talking in Stations podcast. I am signing off. I will hand it over to Life Shifter, who produced this. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll bring in uh, Gibberish, who's, who just arrived up there. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks.